Podcast for the week ending January 24th, 2016, I believe. Uh, I am Bill Mudron. I'm here. Annie's, uh, she got stuck in a snow blizzard, so in her place, I've got Jimmy Pressler. Hello. Jimmy Pressler. Hi. He's a friend of the podcast. All well and swell, dude. He's been on the podcast before. Yeah, you may have heard me talk about Star Wars before. And Disneyland. There won't be a lot of that today, so you can, you're can you safe if you I don't, don't know. Like we Wars. still haven't, like... Some stuff. Well, you, you're also always been on our Star Wars roundtable yeah. special episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. <laughs> this is a low energy Sunday. Yeah. Um, I again, I'm not used to hosting. Annie usually is in charge it's, of like you know, pushing the forward momentum we, forward. We can talk about. And our I'm week. usually just like the the big guy. So now you've got to step up to the plate. I know exactly. I have to be like a responsible adult. Yeah, that's this not going to happen. That's fine. So yeah, what have you been up to? Uh, let's see. This Watching, week, reading, playing anything interesting? Uh, I finally started playing a little bit of Star Wars Battlefront. Oh really? Like oh, I, that's right. Because you, 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 and your wife Conley you have separate PlayStation 4s. Yeah. So I got a copy of that for Christmas okay. and like I think I played it for 20 minutes uh when I first got it. You just not impressed you've been too busy to play. It's just kind of a bunch of other stuff going on yeah. and and just more drawn to other games. Yeah. Well, so that's yeah. the nice thing about Battlefront is it's, it's it doesn't require a lot of time. It's just a pick up yeah, and play. It's a a, essentially a video game toy. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So yeah, it's fun to kind of just play with that a little bit more now that I like I don't know. I'm not expecting a lot from it. Yeah, I can right. just yeah. Kind of... No gutter like expectations with that game. Yeah. Are like gutter low right yeah, now. Yeah, I can yeah. appreciate it for what it is. I think they announced this week that there's supposed to be like special like Tatooine DLC coming out oh. in February. Again, it's just like the Jakku stuff where it's okay. just like a free download. Gotcha. Um, I don't know if maybe they were anticipating like charging for this, but like the reception for this game has been kind of timid enough. I yeah. I kind of wonder if they're like, well, maybe we'll just make this kind of stuff kind of. Yeah. We'll and throw some extra free stuff at people. It didn't know? seem like too many of the modes were like hopping with yeah. people in them or well, anything the like that. It's already a content light game. Yeah. And the fact that so many people, it seems like a lot of people have abandoned it. So it's harder to get the games going because you know, in there. It's, it's multiplayer only. So there's not really any single player stuff. to do. Yeah. And game. I found out when I was, because I was playing with a few coworkers, um, that if you, and I hadn't downloaded the Jakku stuff. So that immediately like split us like, Oh, well, uh, you I didn't can't think play about that. Stuff. Yeah. So I had to download well, At least the Jakku that. stuff is free. It's just a matter of going, yeah. downloading and installing but, it. So, yeah. eh, whatever. But what do you think than, of the Jakku stuff? Uh, it looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> really, you're not doing anything special no, in Jakku that you're not doing no. anything. You're getting, it's either just like deathmatch or like trying to shoot down a couple like, of like, at walkers. Or if something. I could play during the like Force Awakens timeline and like run around as Ray and like I'm climb kind of around. I'm surprised because you have that. I'm surprised there's not a special mode that just says, okay, we're gonna, yeah, we'll have like Ray Speeder yeah. over here. Or, and I think they did come out and said they're not gonna have any special Force Awakens stuff like even the future paid dlc mm-hmm. there's not gonna be it's all gonna be classic era no prequel stuff Have no i don't know it's really weird announce any of the actual content that no that they just keep on saying pass? they're supposed to be two big like 30 dollar. i think they're both 30 dollars piece big dlc mm. packs but they haven't announced what it weird. is weird so what they'll do is they'll probably drop like one at the beginning of the summer end of the summer and then they'll announce like battlefront 2 for next next christmas or yeah something, you know? i i hope the next one is better it just this one feels so kind of well, light and yeah. half-baked now, this one at least provides a strong base a skeleton to build yeah. a sequel on hopefully for a sequel they would have more like single player stuff yeah more robust better designed multiplayer i'm kind of surprised because 
even with uh, Battlefront being such a multiplayer focused only game, that mm-hmm. even the multiplayer design isn't that necessarily like it. There's tons of bad respawn points. Yeah, it's and yeah. it's just. It's yeah. okay. It's a fun. It's it's a fun time killer, but it's not as fun as the old games used to be. Yeah, like it's yeah. Which I'm not even a huge fan of the old games. Like I rented like Battle. Was it Battle? Were they, were they Battlefront too? Yeah, uh, I rented those from like Blockbuster Video ten mm-hmm. years ago for the PlayStation yep. Two. Me and me and Annie were living together just on a lark. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's kind of cute. But yeah, that was more immediate fun than this stuff. Yeah, it, what was fun about those is like you picked whatever class you wanted, yeah. and then I think you unlocked some of them. But then once you were on the battlefield, like you could just run up to a ship and hop in it, See, whether yeah. it was Rebel or Empire or whatever. That like, was. That was the big deal breaker for me in this game because, well, my only, aside from like playing a little bit of those games was my only real experience with the Battlefront games was, or Battlefield games, which I know these, especially cousins to this Star Wars series, was uh, Battlefield 1942 on the Xbox 360, which was all like World War II South Pacific stuff. Mm. And you had like the Battle of Iwo Jima and things like that. But it was great because you could like run up to a airplane and jump into it and steal it. Or you could run into the enemy base and steal their vehicles. And that was my favorite thing to yeah. do. And you can't do that. It's just like in this game, you just like hit a power up and magically turn into like an X wing fighter. Yeah, or something. it takes it takes a little bit of the fun out of it. It makes yeah. it less like slamming your action figures together and more like a I don't know uh, a controlled experience. Yeah. Yeah. And when playing as the individual people too, they kind of control kind of funky. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's not actually, okay. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, fine. yeah, it's I don't mediocre. Hate it's it. not terrible, but yeah. yeah. It's, it could it's, be better for a Christmas gift. That it's actually kind of it's nice. pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I was I was like, great, this is perfect. Thanks. Although if you got it from Connolly, if you guys have a shared bank account, you essentially bought it for yourself. Nope, nope. it was, oh, okay, it was okay. from my mom. Yeah, so. that's better. Thanks, <laughs> yep. mom. Yeah, yep. perfect. Well, that's yeah. even perfect. Kind yeah. of like a slightly slightly disappointing, but still kind of fun Star Wars yeah. thing for your parents. I, I asked that's for it the from nature her. of yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to spend <laughs> the money on this, but if I get it as a gift. Aww. See, that's that's Perfect. actually really cute. I wish I had gotten Star Wars with my parents. <laughs> um, you still playing Destiny? Every now and then I'll fire it up and just kind of run around and I don't know. I have a few friends who are like, who play it all the time. Mm-hmm. Or I swear on it every day. Were you playing with Dark Horse people? Because you work at Dark Horse Comics. I but... did for a while and not too many of them are playing it anymore. Yeah. But I've got a couple just other friends like from like the high school days who still yeah. play it. And... Again, with this being such a social multiplayer focused kind of thing, it is even if you want to play, you have to really bank on some people you know still playing. Otherwise, yeah. then what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of weird. But So I played a little bit of that this week too. Okay. Uh, I... Oh, did I play? See, you're a busy worker, so I can't expect you. I shouldn't be drilling you, but what'd you do? What'd you do this week? I played, you play? I played some stuff, like Amplitude. I played a little bit of that. Did you buy the actual game or just download the Yeah, Conley backed it on Kickstarter. Okay. Um, Were you guys a fan of the old game? Yeah. Uh, it See, was, I didn't know anything about that stuff. I like Conley was super into them. The, they came out before we were together. Um but yeah, it was a long time. So independently, we were like interested in these games. But I was more the reason I was drawn to the games was because they had a great commercial for the first one, <laughs> really, which I think was called Frequency. Okay. Yeah. What was the commercial? It, it was this like cute little animation of these little worms yeah. that were like poking up out of the ground, and it was like two D sort of like cute art, and they would make like little notes of a song. And then they eventually played the whole song, like, through the commercial. Okay. And then they got run over by a lawnmower. And I was like... <laughs> I, I can, was that their way of, like, showing the audience, like, how you played the game? Because you're, no, like, running over... nothing to do with oh, the game. I was thinking the words, like, like, like no. were kind of, like, musical notes that as they got run over would play a tune. And no. that's, like, how... Oh, that's it was funny. just It was just a cute 
animation with Just a cool little bullshit. song. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And yeah. I like this song, so I'll check out the game. And, like, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, this game is cool. But then after, you know, I met Conley a few years later, like, I discovered that she was, like, super into it. And, like, she's, like, she loves rhythm games. Yeah. So she's, like, a big fan of DDR. And there's this other game did called... Did you guys ever own, like, a D- or did she ever own, a D- like, a DDR? I don't know if she did. She probably had a Mac yeah, You can have fun point. with that in the arcades, but I know some people yeah. Yeah, at well, home will go nuts with that shit. Yeah, she, I think she mainly played it at the arcade that was that she would go to with a bunch of her friends in high school okay yeah. and like that's I, like sounds like the, the like that is the ddr experience yeah like, the core of that whole yeah shtick yeah yeah that was her whole her whole thing i think Aww. yeah with that game so but yeah you know it's a it's a it's a fun rhythm game amplitude yeah i, I mean i don't think i've ever seen a ddr thing in in, in the wild i've always oh seen, yeah like, YouTube videos of people playing DDR, but I don't think, well, then again, like, it's hard to find arcades these days, or even, like, yeah. 10 years ago when well, DDR was a big thing, but, they, yeah. they used to have them, like, movie theaters, like, See, I never saw that, stuff. I never, really? like, I must have been going to the wrong movie theaters. I guess. Or maybe I did see them, just didn't pay attention just or anything didn't like because I knew so many people with fond memories of going out to the arcades and playing DDR. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, I somehow completely missed that. I would try and play DDR, but oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not coordinated <laughs> enough for that, but uh, I know yeah. that Conley was pretty darn good like back in the D, day yeah she could see you're being pretty yeah bad. she's slight well, and could move fast the amplitude stuff that's made by the same guys who made that's harmonics the same guys who made rock band yeah right? and i i don't i'm not sure if frequency and amplitude were like some of their early their first games but they were definitely some of their earlier titles yeah. back on the playstation well, 2 just so. assuming uh Amplitude is the one that just came out again, mm-hmm. right? Assuming that's anything like the original games, I could totally see how the DNA from this formed the basis of Rock Band. Totally, Because it yeah. is, you're going down a track, you're hitting notes, yep. you know, except you're just pressing buttons on a controller rather yeah. than strumming on a plastic guitar. Yeah, but, yeah. So it definitely has that, that lineage. Did the original games have licensed music? They did, yeah. It was all kind of like, um, I think it was like techno sort of remixes okay. of songs or like certain hits or whatever yeah. but yeah i can't i think there was like a garbage song that i remember playing <laughs> it kept perfect like yeah, yeah. 19, 90 not 1995 yeah. but like the whole god like, i keep on thinking 10 like, years ago it was like the mid 90s 10 years was ago about, was the mid i know christ god, yeah time i think it was like t- early 2000s um, when it came out that's the thing i was kind of surprised with amplitude just again just in the demo they only have like three or four songs but i didn't like they have stuff like freeze pop so technically it's mm-hmm. licensed but it's still like i think i think the members i like the members of freeze pop like work for harmonics or something i think like some that. of them still do but i know a lot of them were at some point. They yeah. need to get some fucking girl talk in that shit. Yeah. That would be fucking awesome. I know. It's they I know they made like a bunch of original songs for it. Yeah. Um and then there's some like licensed stuff. I, I don't know if Yeah, because I know Freeze Pop was a big thing with like rock band eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And songs. yeah, they were in Guitar Hero too. But there's like a Crypt of the Necro Dancer song that's in Amplitude. Oh, okay. And some other yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's Nicki Minaj or something like that. Rock yeah. Yeah, awesome. it used yeah. To, or like in an Amplitude type game. Yeah. yeah, it used to be like way more like licensed stuff. I wonder ever since the collapse of music games, I wonder if it's cheaper to license that stuff again or if maybe like now that know. like music industry people know how wor- how much their stuff could be worth in the video game industry yeah like if they, they it, like it, like they'd never lowered the prices and it's still kind of overinflated licensing fees yeah, so that I have kinda, no idea that would kind of keep that kind of stuff from being licensed into it, a relatively small project like that yeah it must be reasonable enough that uh, harmonics and Activision are both willing to take the gamble again. Yeah, I mean, Activision did the Guitar Hero yeah. stuff, and that's all licensed stuff. Yeah, you know? and I've heard that's actually like a, a pretty neat 
kind of take on the whole thing with like yeah the, the live the yeah the yeah. guitar hero live or whatever it's called like it's a it's an interesting way because it's just to, to approach that because it's Especially, all like yeah because you can play it on your apple tv you can play yeah, it on your phone TV. and yeah. stuff it doesn't actually have to be connected to the tv uh, and you can still use the hardware like yeah. it'll somehow sync with your phone or your, or your apple tv it doesn't, you don't necessarily need a console which is that's a great idea yeah. yeah and they did this really smart thing too where i think it's you pay uh i think it's like ten dollars or less but you can get like 24 hour access to all oh, of the that's songs. Oh, that's right, because they're doing the subscription thing rather yeah. than like permanently buying songs for yeah. like three bucks a piece. You're just subs- like, that's great, especially if you're having a party. Yeah. You just say, hey, we'll just subscribe to this yep. for like 10 bucks for a night for just for. Yeah. That's Man, super that's a smart. good fucking idea. Yeah. I wish, I wish Rock Band had that. If they did, I would probably actually buy the new Rock Band, but. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, supposedly the uh, new rock band and the Guitar Hero aren't selling well because supposedly they're on cl- already in clearance prices. Well, again, it's a month after Christmas, so a lot of video game sales stuff is on clearance yeah. prices. But a lot of that stuff is also, like, yeah, super good cheap. Yeah. yeah, I know. The, that whole plastic instrument game is... I don't think, I don't think it's ever going to hit like it did before. Yeah, I appreciate the fact that both of them try to come back this year. Yeah. Although it's kind of funny because I, I remember hearing... Rock, it seems like Rock Band 4 was the first one that got announced and then suddenly fucking Activision had to hop back on the back. Like, oh, we're doing Guitar Hero 2. We can't. Yeah. Like, no one can put out another one of these games without someone else trying to, like, ride the bandwagon just in case the whole thing comes back. Yeah. And so... Yeah. And you're already splitting the market by having two options out there. I don't know. I know. I was, I was kind of hoping that, like... Because there was murmurs of a new Guitar Hero long before they kind of officially announced the new Rock Band. Yeah. And I was hoping, like, man, maybe Harmonix will just come back and do the new Guitar Hero game because they did the first two. Yeah, why, like, yeah, instead of splitting the market, why not yeah. merge it back together? I mean, that's not how Activision works. I mean, that's not, that's yeah. not practical, but, yeah. like, you think It would have been cool. Yeah, Rock Band only exists because they left. I mean, there's, I actually still prefer Rock Band to, to Guitar Hero, but, yeah, come on, work together and have, like, a super guitar game. Yeah. Like, the best of both worlds. Yeah, but, but I mean, uh, uh, <sighs> Guitar Hero Live is more appealing to me now, even mm-hmm. though I was way into Rock Band for a while, but... Eh, whatever. Nah, nah. It's fine. I know. Is there anything else I did? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I have... So in high school, I had a couple friends, my particularly my friend Jake, who was into like Korean pop music. Yeah. And... And this in was, high school? Uh, Wait, when were you we in high school? So this was from like uh, 2002 to 2005. Okay, so 10 years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. About, yeah, 10 years ago. Um... And, like, at that time, Korean pop was, like, kind of, like, slow jams and, like, kind of sad, like, R&B stuff. It wasn't, like, a crazy no. takeover by uh, Gundam Style. No, shit. yeah. So, like, yeah, Gundam Style came out, like, I think that was two years ago now or something Not like that. Not that Gundam Style kickstarted that. K-pop's no, always no, no, been no. crazy yeah. before that, but that was just kind of broken yeah. into America. But I had, been, I had been tuned out of it for a long time, and then we went to this restaurant in Portland where they had a bunch of TVs up on the wall and were just, like, playing K-pop videos. Yeah. Um, and I was like, holy shit, K-pop got super weird and crazy and kind of awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I've been watching a lot of K-pop music videos this week. <laughs> That's cool. What, just, like, while while work and, like, while firing yeah. up YouTube? Or, yeah, yeah, just, like, while I'm working on freelance. On the toilet, home. yeah. Yeah, just, like, or had, it had like, it running while I was doing chores and stuff. Oh, that's but, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's this range from, like like 2010 to kind of now yeah and it like there's this whole like little little mini sub genre of music videos where everyone's like trying to be like super villains or gangsters and stuff but <laughs> so they're all that's like cool. they have some theatricality in yeah there. It's and not they're just... all wearing the craziest outfits it's 
it's I forget how you tweet something about this, but how is like they're like somebody like one particular band embraced the, like the whole supervillain thing. Yeah, there's yeah. This, there's two videos in particular. There's um, oh, what is it? Fantastic Baby by Big Bang. Uh, and I'm writing this down for the show. Yeah, yeah. You, everyone listening should go check that music video out. And then there's another one called oh no, I'm for, um, oh I am the best by a group called 2NE1. So it's yeah. numeral 2NE and then numeral 1. Okay. Um, yeah, those are pretty good, pretty awesome. And I those groups are still, I think they're still putting out music. Mm-hmm. I think one of them might have broken up recently or something, but yeah. whatever. It's ridiculous, and it's crazy styles, and, and pretty fun songs, so... Oh yeah. yeah, so that's been part of my week too. What's the big fucking? I know Conley's been freaking out with like the heavy metal Japanese mm. stuff. Yeah. So it seems like there's the, a lot of Asian theatricality, kind of crazy, almost like. Yeah. Well, but JoJo showed us um, that Maximum the Hormone music video. Yeah. Like I think, I think it was maybe a couple of years ago now. Yeah, yeah it's it been was, a little while. Yeah. It was before. I thought you guys showed that to us. I didn't no, that was JoJo. Okay. JoJo showed that, that to Conley like and I. Backwards yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, and so we were like, "Holy shit, this band is awesome!" So <laughs> oh, I could have sworn, yeah, my mem- that shows my great memory. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, Conley was tapped into some of that stuff before, but I don't know if she knew about Maximum the Hormone at the time. Yeah, oh, was, there was some other band that was like this. I think it was a uh, female trio who played like like just oh, just the dirtiest, grungiest, like growliest metal yeah. it's just like it's like sometime in the past not a yeah time, i think know. they were around in like the early 2000s maybe and i remember her talking about that band but yeah there's there's a lot of cool cool shit out there man I fucking it's world music um man that sounds fucking cool yeah what the hell did i do this week um have you ever seen space jam oh yeah I, just saw, I saw that in theaters, Bill, <laughs> oh, really? back when it came out. Oh, man, little... so you were like little, like, what are you, like, like not even middle school, like elementary school yeah, size Yeah, that gym? was probably like... that was 1996, that was 20 years ago. Yeah, so that Which... was, I would be, I would have been nine, eight or nine when that okay, came out. Okay, so you yeah. were like perfect, like you were the target yeah, oh, audience yeah. for Space Jam. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I watched uh, Space Jam for the first time uh, as part of the Tardy to the Party podcast. Uh, not to keep Excellent. on dropping Tardy to the Party news no. on this podcast, Pimp but that's that's what I watched this week with Space Jam for the first time. Space Jam. Spoiler for Tardy to the Party. Space Jam is fucking awesome. Man, it's been a long time <laughs> since I, I have seen Space Jam. It's awesome, but it's better than it has any right to well, be. Well, like... That came out kind of in, you know, like a Looney Tunes resurgence. Like, when when I was that age, Looney Tunes were still on TV. Mm-hmm. Like, they would, I think they were played on Cartoon Network and on Saturday morning, like, network television, too. Yeah. Like, they had the Bugs and Daffy was, show. Where they the would... last time it was really was, because, like, yeah. like, it, it, like uh, Daniel and I on Tardy of the Party were talking about, that's one of the nice things about Space, Space Jam. If, if you hadn't already been introduced to Looney Tunes, this would kind of, like... Maybe not introduce Looney Tunes to a whole new generation, but at least kind of keep the flame alive yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and, like, I was already aware of the, the Looney Tunes characters when that had come out, so I was like, oh, new Looney Tunes, this is so exciting. Yeah. Like, I was Whereas me, I, I was, was like, <laughs> I was in my 20s when that came out, and I was like, man, they're gonna they're gonna make the first Looney Tunes a, a, a feature animated film, it's gonna be fucking Michael Jordan shit, what a waste of fucking time. Space Jam's pretty good. And Space Jam's actually pretty good. Cool. <laughs> I, um, I had the Space Jam... Space Jam soundtrack. Space Jam, you're the soundtrack. Man, the first thing you hear in the movie is like, I, I, I think 
I can fly. I think I can touch yeah. the sky. Well, no, it's the it's the opening credit music where it's what's like, come on a jam <laughs> if you wanna slay or whatever. However it goes. <laughs> Yeah, every, I mean, everybody get up. And there's all this terrible mid '90s CGI, and yeah. there would be like the cartoon like SGI workstation CGI in the background, yep. and it's fucking yeah. yeah like uh, I, I again, I go onto this uh, this tardy the party episode about Space Jam goes live in about two weeks, but I go off about how yeah, I didn't realize I had nostalgia for the '90s because I didn't grow up in the '90s. Yeah. I was an '80s kid, but like part of me was like. Man, 1990s were. I that was. I, it was such a very specific aesthetic and a very specific time. Yeah. That I was like, yeah, this. It is kind of like I hate to say it, but it is a little more in of, of an innocent time kind of a little kinda, bit. Yeah. You don't want to say innocent because it's still like it's not like the world's gotten no. better or worse since then. But in terms of like the entertainment, like if you made Space Jam today, it would be probably even. It wouldn't be as kind of like dopely, innocently kind of goofy as it yeah, is. Yeah, it was still kind of screwball. And there's yeah. a lot of just like, I don't know, enthusiasm For something it? that is really just a big cynical merchandising thing, it actually, I mean, it is entertaining. Yeah. Is th- there is funny shit that happens in that movie. You have a bunch of sports stars acting like dipshits. Yep. It's, yeah, that movie. <laughs> God damn it. It's been a very long Bill, time since I've, I've seen Bill that movie. Murray was in it? Yeah. And he has a in the golf band. at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, he's got a little umbrella head. Yeah. I yeah, that of all the projects I've done for uh, Tardy the Party, this is definitely one of the ones where I was like, it was a pleasant surprise. And you're like, oh, because I was like, this yeah, Space Jam. I'll, I'll, when I when I chose Space Jam, I was like, I'll I'll bite that bullet. Everyone seems to love Space Jam. That's got to be bullshit. It looks terrible. And I was like, oh man, it's like one of the most entertaining things. Man, um, I I think I still have. I've carried it with me through a few moves, like a box that has some old toys in it. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I still have, uh, um, it might've gone to a goodwill by now, but I had like the, the talking Michael Jordan doll that came <laughs> oh, out. Really? Yeah. Well, did you care about Michael Jordan or basketball at the time? I, I was kind of into like just a little bit into basketball. Okay. But like, well, he at that to be time, such a personality. Type. Yeah, it didn't really he, matter if you were a basketball he was, fan. He was just, it was just Michael Jordan. Yeah, he was a celebrity. Like, yeah. everybody knew who he was. And yeah, he was in, you know, commercials and all over every kind of merchandise. And, yeah. And he was friends with Bugs Bunny. So that was super cool. <laughs> I love that movie, too. It just happens to be like all the Bugs Bunny characters. Like, somehow Earth is the only pocket of existence in the world that actually contains flesh and blood human beings. Everything from underground to outer space is nothing but animated characters. Yeah. 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 Um, that's a good <laughs> Like I said, the soundtrack, yeah, the main thing, the da, da, come and jam. Uh, da, da, even yeah. if you're singing it right now, I yeah. just want to, like, yeah, it's just, oh it's my so god. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, I just want to, like, break out my Nintendo 64 and and drink some fucking uh, Capri Sun. What was the big drink in the 90s? Some fucking Ecto Cooler. Yeah, you got your high C Ecto Cooler, yeah. your Kool Aid, your Squeeze It's. Yeah, it's, well, it's because I'm internally, <clears throat> like, an idiot child inside, but that part of me appeals to, like, I wish I was a kid in the 90s for five minutes. Oh, <laughs> man. It was, it was oh. pretty fun. Space man. Jam, Jurassic Park. So I saw Park. Space Jam. I, <laughs> man. I know, yeah. Yeah. Again, again I knew Jurassic Park came out, and I was already an adult, so I didn't have, like, that kid yeah. nostalgia for Jurassic Park. <laughs> and it's funny to think there's, like, an entire generation, probably two generations of kids out there now, who, like, were introduced to dinosaurs. Or maybe not introduced to dinosaurs, but that, like, that's how they got their raging boner for dinosaurs was because of Jurassic Park. Yeah, I think you definitely, like, the kids who were... I, I, there was something about, like, colonized generation... I, I think it was still a pretty common thing. Like dinosaurs were just cool when you were like a little little kid. Yeah. Like I, that might have been the same for you too. You're like, yeah, dinosaurs are giant yeah, monsters, like, basically. Yeah, when you were like maybe up until you were like maybe ten, and yeah, you got interested in like comic books. And yeah, stuff like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But and then like Jurassic Park came out. And I'm like, holy shit, this is so cool! Like, yeah. 
Yeah, just getting to see these awesome dinosaurs on screen. I give Jurassic Park credit just for having dinosaur toys that you could rip the flesh off yeah, the sides. Yeah, dino damage. <laughs> dino, was that what it was yeah, called? Yeah, it was called dino damage. I mean, that, that was pretty fucking awesome. Yep, yeah. yep. I had, I had a dino damage Allosaurus. That was pretty cool. If they did not bring back dino damage for the new like Jurassic World toys they that did, last summer. and it sucks. Oh, really? Like, because... Um, on the old ones, like, they would have kind of, like, rubbery, gummy skin. Yeah, I remember, because I would play with those. Even yeah. though I'm, like, a 22-year-old adult, I'm like, yeah. these are actually kind of cool toys. Yeah. I wish and I then, had one. Like, the, you would pull a little chunk of dino flesh off, and it would yeah, be... like a little steak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but, like, now, the Jurassic World ones are, like, super hard plastic. And oh. you, like... I think you even just, like... It's probably because like, they're, like... click in or something? Yeah, you, like, push the skin back so it's like oh so it's not even like eat it or something i'm sure as a kid like i'm sure back in the day like because dino damage you just took the whole piece off so you could lose it or swallow it or whatever the fuck so that's it kind of makes sense they would just make it like a little bit of exposed thing you can't like just rip off its ribs or whatever it was fun though because like the older jurassic park toys were kind of rubbery yeah and like it so almost felt like felt like you were using like stop motion maquettes or something it's funny to talk about nostalgia nostalgia for toys that I barely, I was too adult to play with, but, like, that's great. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Oh, man. So, yeah, I watched uh, Space Jam. Uh, uh, I also saw Creed this week. Oh, I still want to see that. Creed's pretty good. I, that's what I keep hearing. I've got my I'm screeners excited. from the Academy from being in Dogma. If you All want. right. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. no, Creed's actually pretty good. I don't want to talk it up yeah. too much because it's essentially just a remake of the first Rocky. I know, not really, because the plot is it's about a young boxer guy who yeah. ends up making it big which i mean that's the plot of the first rocky old that's a little it's it's a, it's a little reductive just to say it's a remake of the first rocky yeah. but it's still it's i was actually surprised how much i liked that yeah movie. no it's it's gotten a lot of good buzz and i'm i'm excited to see not it. just because you know, there's a being a big thing over creed just because it's people hold this up as one of the examples of black quote-unquote black movies that should well people don't call it black movies i call it black movies because i'm an idiot but like uh you know movies involving a lot of black people that lead did black not get, actor and it like is that. bullshit this movie did not get at least get like a direct like the only thing that this movie was nominated for was i think was nominated for best supporting actor for uh sylvester stallone which sylvester stallone is not bad in this movie but he's, but he's not, not carrying the best this movie, exactly i'm I mean, granted yeah. he's the guy he he was the producer and he Whatever. i think he co-wrote the script and stuff but he is not the best part of the movie. The best yeah. part of the movie is the main character, yeah. and it's well-directed, and it's kind of... Michael B. Jordan, right? Yes, Michael okay. B. Jordan, which is this the first time I've seen him in anything, because I've not seen Fruitvale Station. I've not seen the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I haven't seen um, him in anything. But he's really good in this. Yeah, I have I've uh, one of my... Mikey Nielsen uh, yeah. of Chronicles of the Nerds. He is a big fan of Michael B. Jordan and just, like, thinks he's been great in everything he's seen him in. So yeah. I'm glad he's in a movie that's getting a lot of uh, positive response. Yeah, I can't gauge whether or not, like, Michael B. Jordan's a good actor just from this one movie because he's just playing a boxing kid. Which, yeah. It's not, like, a lot of... He just has to act kind of tough and a little bit sensitive, but it's not really, like, a big acting... Di- I don't know. Yeah, I think he, he might have... Uh, people can IMDb this. I think he was on The Wire, too. I'm not sure. Oh, that's right. Because also, yeah, I forgot about that. He plays, and also one of the other guys from The Wire shows up as like a coach for, coach of his rule. Gotcha. Too. That's okay. right. I forgot about yeah. that too. I've only seen. I haven't seen all of The Wire, but I've seen bit like I saw like the first two seasons. Yeah. And bits of some of the other ones. I have not seen any of it. I got it here from that before. HBO stuff. Maybe the Academy keeps on sending all me these DVDs. I don't know what to do. <laughs> the with. generous Academy. <laughs> Actually, God. I do own legal copies of the whole That's good. Um So yeah, I saw Creed. Uh, have you ever seen Some Like It Hot? No, I haven't. Cross-dressing movie, that's Classic, another thing yeah. for... I think I've seen 
the end of Some Like It Hot, where yeah. they're like driving away in the boat. That's all you really <laughs> need to know about that. And Marilyn Monroe, this is the, like, oh, I, this is another thing that my co-host he watched it for the yeah. the party podcast. Man, this is the first thing I've ever seen with. Uh, I've actually seen it before, but I forgot about it. But I forgot that like. Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe was actually famous for a reason. Yeah. Like, you get, watch that movie and you're like, oh, yeah, actually, Marilyn Monroe is actually kind of hot. Like, yeah. it's not just because she's like, you know, you kind of grow with Marilyn Monroe just being this Hollywood icon, but yeah. it's funny to actually see her in something. You're like, oh, yeah, she was actually attractive. Yep. It's not just because, you know, she was like blonde and just, you know. Yeah. There was, uh, what's that other? There's other famous There's like movers? the seven year itch yeah, where seven she does itch. the skirt thing. Yeah, that's where that came from. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that's the seven year itch are two big movies. Yeah. You know? yep. Um, yeah, I did that, and uh, yeah, the other big thing was what I got the Blu-rays of Inside Lewin Davis and Akira this week, Ooh. which are super cool. And you've ne- yeah, you've never seen Inside Lewin Davis. I have so. not. I haven't seen Akira either. What's Man. the who's the lead actor in Akira? Uh, it's oh god, what's the guy's name? He's the head guy from Godzilla, and also the head guy from Seven Samurai. Yeah, he's it's that guy. Prolific. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm just holding the Criteria Blu-ray in front of Jimmy's face. Uh, Takashi Shimura. Okay. Um, and, and is that a Kurosawa film? Uh, yeah. Okay. That's my favorite Kurosawa movie. I've never uh, seen this one. Kiru and uh, Inside Lewin Davis, which is you know Coen Brothers movie from two years ago. These are my two of my. These are probably my two favorite movies by these. You know, it's, Inside Lewin Davis is easily one of my favorite Coen Brothers movies. Yeah. And Kiru is definitely my favorite uh, Kurosawa movie. Akira uh, Akiru uh, is about this Japanese office worker in the mid 1950s who gets diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And it's just it's. It, I know it sounds hilarious. <laughs> But it's just, like, this great, just, like, he's reflecting on his life, and he, he's, yeah. like, trying to break out of the mold because, like, he realizes he's dying, so he stops being an office worker, and he's going out and he's trying to help people, and nice. it's kind of sad and fucked up, but it's just a nice little reflection on life yeah. and, and uh, identity. Good. And Inside Lewin Davis is, it's Poe from New Star Wars playing guitar, who's trying to just survive being this, t- like... He's a great singer and great performer, but he makes poor life and career decisions, ah. and he keeps on fucking himself up throughout the whole movie. And as a freelancer who kind of does the same thing, <laughs> so I'm like that. Inside Lewin Davis is my spirit animal in terms of like yeah. a freelance uh, person. Interesting. And uh, so, and they both take place in the middle of winter, and not in the fun Christmassy part, but in the kind mm. of the depressing kind of like. It's just cold and nasty, yeah. and they're both about like introspective and kind of like sadness, and yeah. but they're good. They're a good double feature, so I got those on nice, Blu-ray this week. Good. So I'll, I'll have to borrow those. Make from you sound like a suicidal <clears throat> crazy person. No, like, no, no, no. Just hung out, watched super sad movies about cancer. Just got in touch with that, you know, yeah! those emotions. Um, it's good. I think that kind of. Oh, the only other thing I did this week. Um, a week ago, for some reason, YouTube was like, hey, we noticed you've been looking at a lot of Star Wars The Force Awakens stuff. <laughs> Would you not like to watch a uh, prequel making of webisode, uh, web episode from, like, episode two, The Attack of the Clones? I was like, okay, I'll click that. And it was, like, something about the cr- making the creatures and, yeah. and, and Attack of the Clones. And now... YouTube will not stop every time I log into YouTube saying, hey, do you want to watch another making of prequels webisode from like 12 or 15 years ago? And so now I've just gone on this binge of just watching all this making of stuff from the Star Wars prequels on YouTube. And it's kind of mesmerizingly addictive, kind of sad, horrible. Because you can can just see everything just kind of like just withering away. It's just like, uh, have you watched... They have like an hour long one on episode one, I think. Yeah. They have oh on, yeah, I think it is YouTube just. It's really weird too because it doesn't <clears> have. <throat> I think that one, it doesn't have any narration or anything like that. They yeah. just it's just fly on the wall, just like showing people like making the creative decisions for episode one, but yeah. it's not really put in any context. You're just yeah, it's just kind of there's 
I mean, it's still it's 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 guided and shaped, so it's not just like a random hour long, just random footage and stuff. Yeah. But it's not like yeah, you don't have. It's not explaining to you exactly what's going on, so it's just very kind of like yeah, fly on the wall kind of yeah. experience, and that's really good. And that's one of the things that YouTube keeps on barfing up at me too. Yeah. But uh, the other stuff is just like like just fucking how they did like how we're replacing all actors with cgi and we don't need stunt doubles anymore yeah. because now they're all cgi too and especially for the first two episodes for the phantom medicine attack the clones literally every fucking 30 seconds it's rick mccollum coming up and saying oh we can do things now so much it's all cgi now it's so much better because now we've got rid of all these uh. which it's just funny to see this you know of course everyone's been bitching about this shit for a decade now but in the wake of seeing all these making of featurettes about The Force Awakens, which is the, on the opposite side, essentially yeah. apologizing to people, saying, no, we're out in the real desert, we got real puppets and shit this time. Yeah. It's just funny to go back and just revisit all this stuff from the prequels, where yeah. like, it's just saying all the wrong stuff. Yeah, well, it's like, watching watching that hour-long, I wish I knew the name of it, I think it's called The Beginning, or yeah. something, of, of that making of episode one. Yeah, it was essentially, it was on when uh, The Phantom Menace came out on DVD, that yeah. was like the big featurette on the thing yeah watching that and it's super clear that lucas's motivation for that movie is the technology yeah. like that's all he cares about he doesn't care about the story or the characters yeah. he wants to get that was the kind of the driving thing working. for the other two movies too. Yeah. the whole st- the whole prequel trilogy was just him messing around with new toys or, yeah which like, he did a great job on too that's the other thing about looking at these uh making of stuff uh a lot of this stuff was only made like 10 or 12 years ago and it's lucas explaining at length about the benefits of digital shooting digital which yeah. now it's just taken for granted and now yeah. there, if anything again kind of like with the force awakens there's, there's a pushback to try to get back to 35 millimeter film yeah but it's funny just to think 10 years ago he was the sole guy coming out and trying to explain to people like no digital it'll look like real film it's not gonna just like look like home vo- movies yeah and he was right but it's just funny how much things have changed in hollywood where yeah yeah i think it, yeah it got pushed so far and now there's been a huge pushback yeah but it's yeah it's super like watching that that episode one making a thing and like s- seeing him making certain decisions and just kind of observing that like when they're casting Anakin mm-hmm. they have like that's one of the webisodes see I think what yeah. they did for the episode one is they broke it up into 10 minute webisodes okay and so that's what like I come on getting seeing part, yeah. parts of that barfed at me they, on YouTube so the, yeah. it's all in one chunk I think on Star Wars YouTube channel actually I think that's half where half of the stuff is coming yeah, yeah. and it's like it's three young little boys who like one of them is eh okay and then it's jake lloyd and this other kid i can't remember his name but he's like clearly the best of the three he's a little bit older he's a little more self-possessed and yeah there's actually you have all three of them at a table read with natalie portman yeah and it's funny how you can tell their personalities even without them even like doing the script yet but how they're just like laying in wait for george lucas to tell them what to do yep like yeah jake lloyd is just kind of eh and you yeah. get the one nervous little who's like a little younger kid who's like, yeah. Eh! yeah. And you get the older kid who's like, eh. yeah, yeah. And that that older kid, like, it it comes down to that other kid and Jake Lloyd, and they have like pictures of Luke from the original Star Wars, and they're like got side by side photos. And I'm like, oh, that other kid even looks more like he's yeah, related. Exactly, yeah. And and then it comes down to like them reviewing the footage, and Lucas is like, well, there's something about 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 Jake where. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't get it all the time, but I can just cut up his performance and make it into something. And I think that was his decision is like he wanted the chance to create create a performance out of this actor. Yeah. 
and not really. Even though there wasn't really much and not really there, direct but he a performance. You can see how he can manipulate it. Yeah. yeah, he's not really looking. Yeah, that's and yeah. he's yeah. looking for an excuse to manipulate and not yes. really thinking. Well, maybe it's better we choose somebody we, whose performance we don't have to cut up. Yeah, yeah. So I I never uh, thought about that before, but that's an interesting take on that. Yeah, because yeah. it is because you see because Jake Lloyd is auditioning and he's blowing <clears throat> his takes. Yep. Which is so funny. They keep that in the documentary. It's not like they're trying to make him look good. Yeah. But oh man, yeah. That's... And it even gets to a point where it's. It's Lucas and I think it's Ben Burt are sitting there. I'm surprised Ben Burt's all over the place. In yeah, these yeah, he's like it's him, it's George and and Ben Burt sitting down and editing a scene, and it's it's of oh god, what are those characters' names? Smemo <laughs> Finiti. It's it's uh, Qui Gon and Obi Wan in the cockpit of Amidala's ship. Okay, yeah. Um, and her, like the two other guys from Naboo. Yeah. Whatever the hell, Rick Ole, who yeah, I Rick Ole or whatever. Before that movie came out, everyone's saying, "Oh, he's gonna be pilot. That character's gonna be pilot in this movie. He's gonna be the new Han Solo." Oh, of course, he wasn't. He, he was, was just a guy. He has one line. It's like, yeah. "Oh, our deflector shield is broken. The hyperdrive's fucked." Yeah, that's yeah. It, yeah. And so it's him and one other. Yeah, what guy, like an extra? Yeah, yeah. Who was like a security officer or something like yeah. that? And like Lucas <laughs> is like, "No, no, no. Let's take this like this portion of this scene." So he's like cutting the left third from one take and the right third from another and then keeping the middle third of another and splitting it all together and and they get the scene down and lucas leaves and you can tell like they they're asking ben questions and you can tell that he's trying so hard to not come across as like pissed off. Oh yeah. But he's like, oh shit, I have to go back and see. That's I haven't seen that since it was like on the original. Uh, yeah. Uh, DVD. And he's like, well, you know, like, I he, <laughs> he he's like, even when they're doing that, he's like, you really want to chop all this together like this? And she was like, yeah, 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 let's do that. And he's like, yeah, I guess rather than having to do a bunch of takes and just getting like getting it all right together, now you can just kind of do whatever you want after it's over and yeah. you can tell Denver's just like just upset yeah, but not Burr, trying he to doesn't lose have, his he job has, he doesn't have a good game face ben no Burr, yeah. not at all oh, well, the nice thing too is actually going through all these webisodes on YouTube is because they'll just kick up a random webisode I don't know why I, I don't know if any of this stuff actually appeared on the web or if they just chopped up like the mm-hmm. DVD making of features just to call them webisodes because they just upload them to YouTube but uh, because the way YouTube works you just get random making of feature ads from random uh prequel so you don't know like yeah. you'll get something from episode two then episode three then episode one but it, it, like looking how more kind of resigned everyone gets throughout the yeah so by the like the end of like episode three ben bird is just like okay let's do this like the one i watched right before you showed up was uh they're filming the big duel between uh, between a uh, dooku uh obi-wan and anakin at the mm-hmm. beginning of episode three and George Lucas is, it's not a very good take, but it's like Dooku force pushing Obi-Wan yeah. and like Anakin falling over. Yeah. And it's obviously a terrible stunt double for uh, Dooku. But Lucas is like, okay, so we're just going to essentially make half the shot CGI. We're just going to make it, we're going to take the, like the head of uh, the stunt double, replace it with uh, Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ewan McGregor did a terrible job falling over from the force push, so we're just gonna make him CGI after this frame. Yeah, and you could see, and like he's just telling Ben Burt, like, okay, we're gonna make this decision. Ben Burt's just like, okay, okay, he's just like yep. lifeless, They're just, just kinda, following like, orders. And you see, like, then they take the footage to ILM. It's the process of essentially, it's the evolution of this one shot about mm-hmm. how it goes from like this one live thing that was shot on stage that gets turned into half CGI just because they couldn't bother to reshoot the thing over yeah. again, and just kind of like. Ugh. 
Yeah, it's it's super weird. And there's there's one quote. It's on the uh, episode one, the Blu-ray box set that came out. Yeah. In like the whole big six yeah disc yeah set, the yeah. Six, six disc set that came out a few years ago. Please kill me. Where, <laughs> where Lucas is just it's it's coming time to make episode one. He's like, yeah, you know, I think it's uh, it's time to like you know get back to it and make some more money. I'm like. Oh, that's yeah. So he's his, not even his yeah. like as much as he talks about these movies being his kids and blah blah blah. It's like he's he's his primary interests are money and new technology. Yeah, that's it. I think that's fine. Was... That can be his thing. He just needs to own it. I think I think with the first movie, he was still interested in the storytelling. I think he uh, like he was so underprepared for what it was going to take to get those movies done. Though I yeah. think uh, that. About halfway through, I like in terms of the writing stuff. I think he was still invested, but I think maybe about halfway through filming episode one, he realized he was in over his head and just became a matter of surviving to the end of the sequels, yeah, and to the end of the prequels, and that's when it really. I mean, still money and technology is the main motivating yeah. factor and stuff, but I think that's when it really kind of clicked over in his head. Where he was just like, I just we just got to get this done and out and make sure yep. it makes money. Like we got to recoup our investment yeah. because you know, again, the prequels he was making by himself yeah. it was all like, yeah, like, yeah. So yeah, it's but still yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I remember like back when they were even before episode one came out, they were showing off. You, you were talking about the split screen stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember one of the big <clears throat> things that uh, Lucasfilm kept on showing off was like I think it's the first meeting between. It's not the first meeting between Anakin and Padme, but like when they're on Padme's ship later after they leave Tatooine. Yeah, there is a shot where Anakin. It, you know, it's a it's a two shot where it's Anakin and Padme in the same frame. Yeah. But they Lucas made a big deal how he, he could like split their performances, and you could have Anakin from one take talking to Padme from another take. Yeah. And which it doesn't matter because the like the dialogue they're saying is terrible, and the yep. performances are terrible. But yeah. he's so focused on just like the fact that he can split <clears throat> these takes and yep. mix them together in a single shot. Yeah, that That's right there totally is where just, his head is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's interesting too. Um, because Conley and I had sat down and watched uh, that Empire of Dreams. Did we talk about this? I yeah. think we just talked about this outside. Yeah, of exactly. Because you went over here. Yeah, we're talking um, about the, yeah. Which was Empire of the Dreams was the big documentary that came on like the DVDs like ten years ago. Yeah, I think it was like the two thousand four box yeah. set. Or I something think that was like the first that. time they came with like the DVDs of the like theatrical editions of the original movies. Those stuff. aren't included in that, but I think I think they those reissued it. But yeah, but some, this is this is essentially the big Star Wars documentary that's come out in the last ten. Yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. So it was Empire of Dreams, and it this talked is, about. Like and it showed a bunch of the like test footage for the actors for the first movies, yeah. and it's all this dialogue that just sounds super ridiculous, and and just like none of it got used for the final yeah. film. The droid is containing the special plans to the special yeah. base on Mustafar. Yeah, yeah. all that stuff, yeah. and then it like fast forward to prequel era making episode one and it's that test footage where they're saying like young Anakin's going, "Are you an angel?" <laughs> all that stuff. And that made it into the movie. It's yeah. like it's like no one really gave that another another go or anything. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's terrible because I know Episode One was the only movie that Lucas wrote where he had mul- multiple drafts, which makes it even more in- inexcusable mm-hmm. how bad that movie is. Uh, episodes two and three were essentially filmed like he wrote the first draft and he finished the first draft like just weeks before filming. Yeah, which kind of at least excuses why those movies are a wreck. Mm. But episode one, he had sixteen years between movies. You yep. think like even before he formally announced, "Hey, I'm making new Star Wars," he would have at least written a kind of a rough draft so like give himself a little bit more time to like process yeah. this stuff. Even if he wasn't taking it to other people and getting other feedback, which again a lot of people point out that's the reason why the prequels aren't that good because he was not like really 
getting taking feedback yeah. from other people but at least he could have weeded out some of the more like yeah are you an angel stuff yeah, and that stuff um oh, oh star wars yeah. and it's funny too because i just saw it was on i think it was just reddit like two weeks ago someone pointed out that there's a shot in episode three uh-huh. where it's palpatine explaining the the, the legend of darth plagius or whatever mm-hmm. to anakin and if you really notice, if you're watching it in HD, uh, Anakin's hair morphs halfway through a shot. So what must have happened? It must have been Lucas splicing two takes of Anakin. Yeah. But within the same shot, it's not like it's not like the prequels, like the episode one where stuff we're talking where there's just a split screen between the things. Yeah. He morphed between one take of Anakin to another. But Anakin's like faces, he's literally just six inches away from the camera, and his face <laughs> is filling up half the frame. And if you really look closely, like his face morphs a little bit, but you can tell it because it's his hair yeah. is not the same from one shot to the other. That they tried to for like he just kind of leans forward for a moment, and his hair just kind of goes like real quick, <laughs> and like no one ever noticed that until now. But if you look it on up on YouTube, they're like, oh yeah. Uh, it just kind of looks again. You really don't notice that when you're yeah. watching a movie. You know, it's been like it's been ten years since that movie came out for, yeah. before anyone noticed. But still, just kind of like, and that's not really. Granted, that's one of the better scenes from the prequels. But still, it's not like that morphing. Like it's it's so besides the point yep. of what was wrong with those movies. Yeah. You know? Yep. Cart after the horse or before the horse or whatever. Yeah. Oh god. And the other thing. Oh yeah, Steven Universe, which. Oh, yeah, I was going to make a note of that when I thought Annie was going to be here today because we still haven't talked about the ending of that, but you guys have seen Steven Universe. Yeah, Steven yeah, Universe. we, we watched that last Steven Bomb. Stuff. Yep, that well, was good. Steven Universe, Steven Universe been good. Yep, it's still um, good. It's all the bets back on hiatus. <sighs> Man. But fuck that because we got Venture Brothers coming in just a couple weeks. Yes. Is it like in a week? Is that at the end of this month? It might. It's coming soon. Very soon. Yeah. It's not this weekend. No. No, because X-Files is tonight. Yeah. Which everyone is saying that first episode is supposed to be pretty bad, but... That's what whatever. I'm excited for whatever wherever it is. Episode three of the series because it's by the guy who writes all my favorite episodes of X Files. So, yeah. uh, da, da, da. I forgot. Sunday, January thirty, a week from today. All right, Venture Brothers. Air on? Adult Swim. Oh, Adult and Swim. I have Adult Swim because I have fake cable through the Xbox. Yeah. I, have, I have the fucking what the fuck is that thing? The streaming thing. Sling so can, TV. Yeah, Sling TV. Nice. So I can actually watch that. Why? Yes. Nice. I love fake TV Whoa. stuff. Oh, you guys I'll find another. Over. Do you guys yeah. have cable? No. You so guys we'll, would be welcome we'll to come, come over and watch it with you, probably. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Granted, you can always, you know, torrent and stuff. Like oh, Venture Brothers. The Venture Brothers. And I need to catch up because, like I said, I, I watched that specially had last summer which was great but i had not seen any episodes since like the middle of the third season so i was like what the fuck happened (laughs) to half these characters and that special made me i I already already liked the venture brothers yeah and that seeing that special and seeing how much shit they put through the characters in the two and a half seasons i hadn't seen yet made me really appreciate just like the I don't know if you call it world building, but the fact that like the characters don't remain static yeah. for a cartoon, that's a big deal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there's like the boys are kind of becoming their own characters now. Yeah, was like... it Hank got all fucked up or Yeah, Hank 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 is like, always no, everyone's gotten yeah. all fucked up, but everyone's, like, he, like, like Dean's all in like his and... goth phase. <laughs> that, now. That's what I'm thinking of and, too. Yeah, Hank is just like being himself and going on weird adventures and starting bands. And... I like how far afield that show has gotten from just being a Johnny Quest riff-off. Yeah. To, not a riff-off, but like just riffing on yeah. Johnny Quest to just being its own kind of weird, just fucking staggered, yep. just it's created mutant its cartoon thing. own lovely universe. It's my... F- I love it when they bring, like, the Johnny Quest characters into the show. Yeah. Uh, they have not, like, killed off... Because it's actually Johnny Quest who shows up as a junkie. Yeah. It's not like they've killed him off He's or anything still yet. around. Okay, they, yeah. they did kill Race Bannon, though. Oh, did they? Yeah. Jesus. I think it's in, like, season... 
I may even it might be that season one or that. season two. Yeah, I forget everything that happened in season one. Yeah, because again, season one of the Venture Brothers is more of just a straight making yeah, fun of Johnny totally. Quest. It's not until the second season where shit gets starts turning into its own weird bullshit. Yeah, there's then, what is yeah. it? Yeah, the, it, one episode opens with like Race Bannon. I think his parachute fails or something, but oh, he yeah? like or he gets shot down, but he's like parachuting and like dies and Brock Sampson finds him. It's just like, <laughs> like oh, okay. So, so Brock Sampson got fired and got replaced with the, the pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> Sergeant hatred. Sergeant hatred. Which yeah. is, I thought that was, I remember hearing people talk about it. I assumed that was a gag for one episode, but no, I guess that's the new status quo for the show or at least for a yep, while. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Sergeant. It's, it's what's great about that show is they'll like, they will just be like weird little throwaway lines yeah that will eventually lead to a whole character and a whole storyline i like i think you don't actually see sergeant hatred until like two or three seasons after they mention him for the first yeah, time something like that yeah. yeah and then he shows up and he's like their neighbor i think or no he's their he's the replacement henchman or their uh rival is it because he re- does he replace phantom limb he replaces I, I think the he monarch phantom, or the monarch yeah, yeah. cuz i know he moves yeah, it's a whole because they have thing. the whole bureaucracy with like the Guild of Calamus Intent. Yeah, and so you have your arch and everything. Guild of Calamus Intent did that just get destroyed in the special? Yes, and that then happens. David Bowie came back briefly, and then it turned out to be David. Like David, he's Bowie's just like a, a shapeshifter. Yeah, he's just a shapeshifting weird, schmuck. Some kind of weird. Yeah, that fucking again that show. Like yeah, yep. if you go back and have this conversation with someone who's just watched the first season, they're like, "What the? F- are you yeah. talking, what are you talking you about talking the same fucking about? show?" Adventure Brothers. It's great. Oh, watch God. everything. But yeah, well, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna go watch some Adventure Brothers for a while, I guess. But yep. yeah, we'll be back in a minute for the Geek Week news and review. So yeah. Oh my God. You hope they can get away from uh, Anakin Skywalker bullshit? Yeah. In the new Star Wars trilogy? Yeah, because, man, like, that whole, like, the prequels and everything makes, like, the the ending of Return of the Jedi, like, they try and make it, like, Anakin's victory, and like, no, that's that's Luke's victory. Don't take that away from him. It is interesting, because the Star Wars was supposed to be about Luke Skywalker, but, like... When Lucas decided to make Darth Vader into Anakin Skywalker, yeah. that kind of changed the trajectory of that series. And then when he suddenly decided the prequels had to be about Anakin Skywalker as opposed to Obi-Wan Kenobi, it changed the focus of yeah. all those first six movies into being... Like, like even Lucas even comes out now and says that's that's that the whole six first movies, that's Anakin's story. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hope they get away from that. Like, Although, just for consistency's sake, you think Anakin would have to play some kind of a part, even just as a Force ghost... Because the first six movies are now so retroactively about Anakin, it seems weird, especially now that we know that characters can come back. As I can totally see what you're talking about. Yeah. You're talking about how you, you want three movies that don't rely on shit we've already seen in Star yeah. Wars, which that's been the major problem with The Force Awakens with most people, is that it's essentially like remake, like it's it's bringing back too much old Star Wars stuff for its own yeah. good. But it would be... Th- It'll be interesting to see if they have any Force ghosts come back, or, like, why would Anakin... They've already established Anakin is a Force ghost. You think he would show up to Kylo Ren and say, spoiler for Star Wars, be like, calm down a little bit. Yeah. It's okay. Just be cool. Yeah, Just be cool. Be it's, cool, buddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, like, I know people are like, oh, old movies, oh, why do I want the bear? But <laughs> uh, I, I feel like this one movie was supposed to be that big homage to the original trilogy. Yeah. They'll move forward, and what the the important thing about it 
which is what I loved about the old Star Wars movies, is they gave us really exciting characters who we can all get invested in. And I I don't I don't give a shit about Anakin Skywalker. I, I care about Rey and Finn yeah. and Poe and Ben Solo. If, like if if they could bring back Anakin or not even bring back but like deal with Anakin Skywalker's legacy in a way that doesn't detract from the new characters. That's what I'm talking about. It's not like I'm like yeah. I'm sitting there watching these who's going Where's Anakin's Force Ghost? When's he gonna show? But like it'd be it, his legacy looms so large on this entire nine part series. It'd yeah. be weird if they don't at least even say the word in or like have some kind of, I'm sure now that Luke's coming up in the next movie yeah. there's going to be more talk there'll about there'll be discussion of that yeah, there's going to be and that might be all you ever get but even that alone it seems like they'll have to address something about Anakin and, yeah. and especially if you find out that Rey is Anakin's granddaughter and stuff yeah now, this only comes up because I was just happened to be checking my ancient barely used uh, Yahoo mail account and for some reason Yahoo just threw uh, this thing uh, th- there's a new rumor out there or not a rumor but it's just like a theory, a theory that Rey is reincarnated Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, I hope that's not true. That would make me angry. Well, you know the big thing what, what uh, Snoke is supposed to be Anakin Skywalker because he's got the same scars and battle damage just accelerated and like all oh, the kind of ridiculous yeah, shit. The, yeah. I, I was actually listening to the, the four here I said we wouldn't be talking much about Star Wars. No, that's fine. Yeah. I was we'll get out of the way. To the, the Force Awakens audiobook and there's stuff about like Snoke. He's like, I've seen the rise and the fall of the Empire and blah, blah, blah. So he's this character who's been around for a little while, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Which I guess leads into the he's the Darth Plagueis theory. Yeah, but I saw some people saying that with the uh, Rebels season 2.5 or whatever, or the second half of season 2 trailer. I don't think trailer, we talked about this on, the, on here, but yeah. People are like, oh, what if Ezra is Snoke? And like, I'm like, what? But okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, that, that would at least give Ezra Ezra something interesting to do eventually. Yeah, but like because they like they they've hinted at his like dark side potential before, and but Snoke doesn't seem like he's just like 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 he'd have, he'd be like thirty five now. Yeah, well, like it's it's also interesting seeing like Pablo Hidalgo's Twitter and how he yeah he's of... been tweaking a lot of people about shit by like yeah. kind of confirming or not confirming but like yeah and being he'll... all like. People Interesting are, theory you've got yeah, there. People yeah. are like, man, Snoke is so derivative of or it's so derivative of the Emperor and blah blah and he's like, Yeah, exactly like Snoke. So like ah. all that stuff isn't like when people think it's like accidental that Kylo Ren is like this shitty kind of fanboy so of Darth the thing, Vader. See, that's what he's supposed to be. That's yeah, all it's, intentional. It's not an accident, yeah. Yeah, so all this stuff with Snoke, I think, is completely intentional. See, that's, in the, like, Snoke is such a boring character in that first movie. You hope that, like, him, the fact that, like, whatever he is, that's an intentional thing. There's yeah. gonna be a more interesting reveal in the future. Yeah. Um, uh, just for people to know, Pablo Hidalgo, he's one of the members of the Lucasfilm Story Group, which they're the guys that are essentially in charge of writing Star Wars right now. Yeah. Or at least making the Keeping big, everything on track. Yeah, whatever. the big creative decisions. They're the, they're the ones saying, uh, Luke Skywalker needs to be a Dracula in the next Star Wars uh-huh. movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, this this did, was not meant to uh, curtail into our first piece of news this week is that uh, episode eight. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a little bit longer till and we get to see it. Like, as much as I want an episode eight, like now, yeah. it's okay because that means they're just, they're giving it more time to breathe. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. getting some more time in the oven. Yeah. And that doesn't sound like it a bad thing to me. It always seemed weird that we we're getting the next Star Wars movie like a, less than a year and a half from yeah. now. So this is I'm I'm fine with that. You yeah, know? and it like uh, I'm I'm glad that Disney, uh, the executives or whatever, have enough respect for it to kind of be like, okay, yeah, you guys need more time. 
Yeah. Go for it. And this is the second time they've pushed back because Episode 7 got pushed back yeah. by six months. Because originally that was supposed to come out last summer. Yep. And that got pushed back six months. This is getting pushed back seven months. Which really does just seem to suggest that maybe they should have started all the Star Wars stuff a year later for yeah. everyone. Just get because they, like, and, like, looking at all the making of stuff and looking at the art book for The Force Awakens, that movie, even with an extra six months they had, that movie still came in fucking white hot. Yep. Like, yep. they were still, like, just, like, just a month or two before filming, still coming with basic character and story decisions yeah. for that movie. Um, and, yeah, in fact, actually, their big thing was that they had to rewrite the movie in, the, like, six months before shooting just yeah. because the original writer, he couldn't, didn't have enough time to finish his script mm-hmm. and stuff. And, uh, yeah, this, and the big rumor is that uh, p- at least partially due to the reception that Episode Seven had in theaters that they're rewriting Episode Eight right now as we speak, and they're going to start filming next month. Yeah. And so this will – which is weird because, like, they push back the movie by seven months – but it's still being filmed when it's supposed to be filmed, so I don't know if that means they just need more post-production well, time, or I'm not quite like, sure exactly what's going yeah, on. Yeah, there but. was a quote from John Boyega, like, a few weeks ago, saying, like, oh, the episode 8 script is it's a lot darker, yeah. and stuff so like I'm that. So sure, I'm sure they've already had drafts yeah. of that script. Well, even uh, Ryan Johnson on Twitter, like, he, like, 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 like last summer, he tweeted a photo of, a look, it was a completed draft, it, you know, it was, it was scripted that on yeah. the cover it said, episode 1, like, draft 1, or something like yeah. that. Or episode 8, uh, <laughs> first draft. Yeah. But... Yeah, I'd be curious to see what's going on. And I know that supposedly what happened was there's supposed to be a bunch of new characters in this movie. Mm. Uh, Benicio Del Toro, they've been looking for some new minority lady actors hmm. to play some, uh, several roles in this new movie. Yeah. And it sounds like these characters are supposed to be having bigger roles that are now going to be reduced as a result of... That's... They're going to try to... Like, I guess Bray, Finn, and Poe are supposed to be less... Uh, less focus on those characters in episode eight, which doesn't because they see they're the main characters. Because like Daisy Ridley was cast as the lead of the yeah. new Star Wars, so and so like... and now the suggestion was that they weren't. I mean, I'm sure they were still still supposed to be the lead, but it sounds like the focus was suddenly supposed to shift kind of to another bunch of characters kind of hmm. coming in and like splitting the time with the characters we saw before and now they're kind of making it go back to where it like the real focus of episode 8 is going to be these three new characters well, yeah. I don't know we'll, well, we'll, we'll find see. out I'm sure we'll we'll see uh, five years from now we'll be watching the webisodes on YouTube yeah. about the making of episode 8 <laughs> oh yeah that back then we were trying to figure out why it was delayed it was because of this yeah uh, blah 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 yeah, but, yeah. I, was, I was trying to when I heard about that that rumor of it being to get Ray and Finn like more prominent in this next movie I was like well Looking at the original trilogy, like how many new characters did they introduce in Empire? You had Lando Calrissian. Yeah, you got Lando and Boba Fett, who just kind of stayed. Like you don't have like a whole new. You have new characters. You have General Veers. You know, you have like new characters show, but you don't have like a whole new crew of heroes show up. Yeah, like taking time away. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not quite sure. And that kind of suggests like a different kind of story for a Star Wars movie if there was a thing where like we have a whole bunch of new characters show up. Yeah, which. I mean, there would be plenty of room to new for new characters to show up because spoilers in the Force Awakens, the Empire and the Republic kind of destroy each other mm-hmm. by the end of that movie. So there's plenty of room for like new characters to show up and like, oh, I'm I'm one of the few remaining survivors of the Republic capital city, and I'm oh I'm gonna I don't know. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff. You we'll can do, but... s- we'll see. I'm excited. Like um, it'll be brand new. Star Wars, but yeah. yeah, Star Wars at Christmas time too, which I kind of like. Yeah, it's yeah. good because my birthday's in Christmas. You got Christmas at December. There you and go. And now you got like no. I'm assuming this is going to be the pattern for like episode. I'm assuming episode nine will also be out like December. Yeah, that's of of 2019. My guess the too. weird thing is, 
they have not moved any of the release dates for any of the other Star Wars movies. Han Solo is still coming out. I think it's summer 2018. Mm-hmm. Rogue One is still coming out this uh, this December. Yeah. Um, I think they just moved the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie into Star Wars's Episode Eight's old place. Yeah. So, yeah, all the other Star Wars stuff is staying in place. I'm still convinced. I'm still convinced that we're not getting that Boba Fett flick and then instead at Celebration this year they're going to announce a standalone Obi-Wan flick. Yeah, I think a lot a lot of people want that to happen. That's but it's Yeah, a lot of people do want that to happen. Yeah. I'm not saying that because I want cuz I think that that'd be a cool idea too, but I think that's likely to happen just because we haven't heard anything more about that Boba Fett flick ever yeah. since the director uh got fired off the project. Yeah last year and he was the guy who made that terrible Fantastic Four movie last year mm-hmm. and there's been nothing about that since then no rumors nothing Not no kind of whereas like with the Han Solo project with Rogue One there's always been a consistent stream and in fact the only rumors really coming out of Star Wars these days is they're talking to Ewan McGregor they're talking to Ewan McGregor yeah. it's more been rumors about that So, and it makes more sense I mean they're already doing young yeah well and especially with like in Ray's Force Vision like having Obi-Wan say her name like that brings that character back into the storyline. Yeah, so true, revisiting yeah. him in a, his he own had a movie. a new piece of dialogue yeah. in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Um, and also, whatever the third standalone Star Wars movie would be, would be the first movie that comes out. Wouldn't be the first standalone Star Wars movie that comes out after the main yeah, saga is over, right. after episode. And I think it would be more fitting, rather than following up episode nine with a Boba Fett flick, Hey, it's 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 a shame that all these anthology movies are prequels. It'd be nice to have. Some, although once I'm sure the whole Skywalker story is tied up, they'll have more room to like. You could have a story that takes place a hundred years after the Skywalker thing, or yeah. like at the same time. Yeah, it'll but, be curious to see or interesting to see if they go in that sort of like legacy era or whatever. Yeah, you could go five. You could start doing the old Republic stuff if yeah. you wanted to. Grant, granted, none of that's still really canon anymore, but you'd start rebuilding that canon back up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if they were going to do one more, one last prequel movie, doing a standalone Obi-Wan flick about starring Ewan McGregor between episodes three and four. Yeah, that would be cool. Although I've heard, um, that some of the recent star, like Marvel Star Wars comics have been about Obi-Wan in that, in that time period. Oh, I had no idea. I thought they were still just, uh, did, did Obi-Wan get his own standalone comic series? No, it's, they have like their main just Star Wars Yeah, the Star Wars comic. And I guess every few issues they'll, they'll cut to Obi-Wan. Oh, okay. Um, Just like a little flashback thing? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And kind of doing his Obi-Wan thing out on Tatooine. Okay. Um, Oh, that's kind of cute actually. Yeah. yeah. And I, I guess the most recent issue is one of those and it, his hair is a little, got some like streaks he's, of gray oh, he's slowly in it turning and everything. Into the thing, yeah. yeah, and it's about him kind of having some trouble being this like undercover <laughs> guy. Like, oh, I saw I, somebody had an excerpt from maybe it was most. Oh, wait, this is where this came from. I yeah. think it was. Um, Obi-Wan's just, like, jerking off to a picture of Sabine or something like that, and there's a knock on his door, and it's Uncle Owen. Yeah. But it's, like, young Uncle Owen. Yeah. So it's before, like, yeah. And he's like, you stay away from Luke, he's just a baby. Yeah, you already got one Skywalker killed. Yeah, and he's all, like, yeah, all grumpy and stuff like that, and, like, he leaves, and then Obi-Wan's just like, "Mm, I'm sad, I'm all alone. Yeah, it's just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, Okay, that's what what that's from. Okay, I thought it was, like, fan art or some kind of, like, old Dark Horse comic or something. Well, it's actually a guy... I think it's Mike Mayhew who did 
he did one of our last Star Wars projects, which was the Star Wars. Oh, he it's that guy who yeah. did the like the reinvisioning of Lucas's original script. Yeah, his like, yeah, rough draft. Yeah, Han Solo is a frog and all. That yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. So and he he's a great artist. Um, oh, okay, so I'm no glad idea. he did that Obi Wan story. But yeah, okay. it's like. It's Obi Wan like doing too good of a job at like protecting Luke. <laughs> yeah, because I yeah, Uncle Owen's yelling. I was like, we, we, we know why we, we're the only settlement that doesn't get attacked by uh, Jawas or yeah, know, like or like, Jawas give us free stuff. We don't get attacked by sand uh, people yeah, and all that stuff. And yeah, I was like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. I could see to- Obi Wan because he's got nothing else to do. He yep. would just be like. I, I, I wonder what he did to intimidate the Jawas and yeah. just dropping off free junk. Oh, yeah. shit. Okay, so I listened... <laughs> more Star Wars talk, whatever. Sorry, I guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, I also listened to the audiobook for Star Wars Aftermath, which okay. is the first novel in the Aftermath trilogy. Which I bought that and I was disappointed because I thought it was going to be about the heroes, the old... Yeah. And it's new characters. It's new characters. Uh, but I've heard good things. There's, like, the there's like a kid named Temin Wexley mm-hmm. who's actually... In The Force Awakens, he's Snap. Snap Wexley, who is... What's oh, his face? Oh, it's Greg Runberg. Yeah, yeah. The chub- Runberg. He's the chubby X-Wing yeah. fighter. So that, yeah. he, that character is in Star Wars Aftermath as, like, a shitty teen. That takes, cause that takes place just, like, uh, like right after uh, Jedi, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, That's funny. Yeah. I didn't realize... Okay, yeah. I only know Snap because, like, I've got the visual dictionary, and they okay, can mention yeah. real briefly. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Greg Runberg, like, my name's Snap. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So he's Temin Snap Wexley. <laughs> Um, but it's Star Wars. I know it's so dumb. I love it though. Uh, but even though that book is mainly about these, you know, other characters, there are little interludes that focus on uh, other other parts of the galaxy, and sometimes like the characters from the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are three interesting ones. Um, there's one where there's this. Shattery group of characters in a dark room, uh, and and there's a red lightsaber there, and they never like describe the lightsaber other than that it is a lightsaber that has a red beam. Okay. Um, but this there's a shattery group of figures trying to buy it from this collector, uh, and they think it's Darth Vader's lightsaber. Ah, uh, so it's supposed to be like the Knights of Ren or something. Maybe something. Maybe like that. something. But yeah. what they say they want to do with it is. Uh, they want to destroy it so that it can be with its rightful owner. Huh. Yeah. So some weird thing with that. Weird. So okay, this, yeah. this, the shadowy group of people ends up buying what they think is Darth Vader's lightsaber. Huh. Um, and then there's another interlude that takes place on Tatooine, <laughs> where like these, uh, it's it's inside a sand crawler, and there's these two guys like talking about. You know what's going on on Tatooine? They're like, like human guys. It's not just Jawas. Yeah, just human like, guys okay, yeah. like talking with Jawas, but it's two okay. human guys, and they're yeah. like, one guy is a representative of like a mining company, and he's there to you know get operations set up. And there's this other kind of gruff looking dude, <laughs> and so the the mining guy ends up you know talking with the other guy who gets them into the Jawas like secret back room with all their like high end merchandise. Yeah. So uh, they um, go back no. there. And, uh, and they're, the guy, like, um, the miner guy pulls off a tarp and he's like, oh, what's this? And it is a, uh, acid pocked, uh, and banged up complete set of Mandalorian battle armor. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's, that's totally, it's yeah. clearly Boba Fett's battle armor. Huh. And it ends with, uh, the kind of gruffer character, uh, shooting the mining guy. Really? He's like coming to, and he goes on this whole 
tangent about saying how he's like now that the huts are gone we have all these corrupt companies coming in to take advantage of the resources of tatooine and there's no law on this planet anymore and he's like i'm gonna i'm the sheriff in town like this is is it suggested that's boba fett or if it's another character it's who just wants to take boba he fett's introduces armor. himself okay what's his name i can't remember well i mean i was just suggesting that yeah. boba fett's still alive if he got it if he somehow crawled yeah. out yeah so he's this named character oh, i like the idea that jawas just would have found him stripped him of his armor and yeah. just left him left like him so dead. he's still alive walking out though but yeah or something yeah or something yeah so uh, they they gave him a name so it's a named character who by Is the it end of bobby it, fett that's, it's <laughs> yeah. something or it's something yeah it's yeah, like yeah. Base or I love something. I even don't know. if it's not Boba Fett, I like the idea of like some guy deciding he needs to stand up for Tatooine and like maybe takes Boba Fett's armor yeah, and so like becomes the like the new law lawgiver on yeah, Tatooine. Yeah, it's that he will be taking this Mandalorian battle oh, armor be and being cool, yeah. like the the Lone Ranger. <laughs> so that's not part of the main of story Tatooine? though. It just like no. it shows. It's just like a little interlude. Like you were saying, it's not like it's not like the main character yeah. suddenly like hearing this conversation. Yeah, it's just like the, yeah. they'll just be like interlude Tatooine interlude oh, shadowy cool. back room with a lightsaber that's really them just throwing a bone yeah. to the fans yeah and then there's one more like there are several throughout the book but these are the only three like worth noting yeah there's one more that's about somewhere that writer's uh, crying a little okay sorry guy fuck you boba fett there's there's yeah. and i think those that boba fett one and this next one kind of will lead into the next book because it's supposed to be a trilogy oh yeah that's right yeah. um but the the other one is it's about han and chewy um and they're off running some mission, and like Han's got a beard and all this weird shit. Oh, yeah? okay. Uh, oh, okay. I think. It, okay, yeah. But it's uh, they end up finding out that the Imperials—they're trying to, you know, rally and everything. And so they're because again, it's like a, like yeah, a little bit after the Jedi. Yeah, yeah they're gonna temporarily the uh, withdraw from Kashyyyk, leaving it exposed for a time being. Yeah. And one of Han's old contacts is like. You know, the, hey, this the is, imp- yeah. like this is your chance. If you wanted to come and you know liberate the Wookies, like this is it. That's a good story to tell. Yeah. yeah. So the next book might focus on. It's called Life Debt. I know that much, and it's got the Millennium oh, Falcon on the cool. cover. And especially they can make a meal out of it, knowing yeah. that like spoilers for the Force Awakens, Han died. Yeah. That like Life Debt, like he it's, it could be an extra poignant kind of thing. Yeah. If the le- le- oh man. So it'll be it'll be Han and Chewie liberating Kashyyyk with a bunch of Wookies, and they like talk about. Even that yeah. book is terrible. That Whatever. sounds like a fun read. Yeah, like I no would... matter what that book's there, that that yeah. I'm surprised that hasn't been a book before. Yeah. They talk about like Han's like, you know, Chewie, I think you better call up the rest of those free Wookies that are out there. And so it's like he they like mention like a few other free Wookies who are all like bounty hunters and shit. Yeah, so like Rebel Rark and yeah, yeah, Hulk yeah. Hork and yeah, yeah all that so kind of shit. It'll yeah. be a bunch of Wookies fucking up Empire people. Oh, it's Hopefully, like gonna be smuggler's and Wookiees. It better be a 300-page battle scene, and that's it. I don't want yeah. any drama. I just want like the Wookiees fucking up the Empire. Yeah, man. that sounds fucking great. So, oh, and we don't see what it's gonna actually turn out to be. But that's 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 that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm, man, I'm Star done. Wars. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything? There was something. That I was gonna say something else about Star Wars. You can't <laughs> even fucking remember. Oh. Uh, I still need to see it one more time before at least theaters. Yeah. Oh, there's something. Something else I wanted to talk about. Some I can't prequels, remember. I can't... Force Awakens. There was. We got. Oh. We got the rest of the podcast to yeah. think about it. I, I know we're in Geek Week in review right now. Yeah. But, uh, with the the passing of Alan Rickman, I was like, oh, you oh, know yeah, what? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. I I should watch uh, Galaxy Quest again because I love that movie. Yeah, it's Galaxy. so good. And yeah, best Star Trek movie. It's 
fantastic. It still holds up super well. Like, some of the effects are a little eh these Although, days. Although, probably the best special effects in a Star Trek movie, too. Like, yeah. it's hard, like, that's the funny thing about Galaxy Quest. It's, like, the best produced Star Trek movie mm-hmm. ever made, uh, aside from, like, the J.J. Abrams stuff. But, like, yeah, Galaxy Quest looks so much better than, like, the Next Generation movies they were that were being yeah. made at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah, and those movies had, like, double the budget of Galaxy Quest. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's insane, but like, yeah. Like, Saris is such a great, like, oh, his design and everything. I love it. Yeah, it's you so were tweeting cool. about this. Yeah. yeah and I, I, I was watching uh, Galaxy Quest last week with Dylan, and we were talking about that, too, just, like... Yeah, the whole th- like and the movie's funny, but the from the like, design and execution, yeah. and makeup and stuff, it's just... he's just a really like yeah the main villain Cyrus. He's this like weird lizard bug alien. Yeah, creature you're thing. never really quite sure. Yeah, and but it's like it's a great like animatronic f- like makeup the thing that they've got. Yeah, it's all articulated and everything. And yeah, he's just like super detailed, kind of like '90s comic booky in his. He's a little Todd McFarlane-y, but yeah, in, in a way that's pleasing. It's not, yeah. yeah. Oh, which that's kind of point of the character that he's all like super detailed, yeah, kind of like fucked up, and like, he's got like fucking feather bird blades on his back that stick up whenever he's angry. Yeah, and shit and, yeah, I, yeah. And I I remembered like watching that movie. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember trying to find like any sort of like action figure of that character because i thought he looked so cool and i guess they i I did a tiny bit of research but they had like began development of an action figure line at one point Mm -hmm. but canned it for some reason so yeah it's a bummer that we never really got any kind of galaxy quest merchandise yeah just even like a lunchbox or something yeah yeah i guess there are a few like model kits out there of the ship yeah um but I NSA protector. Yeah, yeah I want. Shit. I want a Sarah's action Man, figure. Do you know Ryan McCluskey? You know Mike Russell, right? Yeah. Uh, his friend uh is Ryan McCluskey, who is an actor. Okay, yeah. He's local here in town, but he uh, Ryan McCluskey spent a whole bunch of time acting in England. I didn't realize Ryan McCluskey was friends with Alan Rickman. Oh. Alan Rickman gave him a lot of acting advice. They were buddies over in the UK, and I guess even Alan Rickman helped him out of a tight spot financially, wow. like once or twice or something like that too. Like like that. It wasn't just like some somebody he met at a bar once, but like he actually knew Alan Rickman. Yeah. And so Ryan McCluskey was going off this. Like he finally got his shit together enough to like go onto Twitter and start you kind of eulogizing yeah. Alan Rickman, who was actually I guess like an actual friend, not wow. just even an acquaintance. But Jeez. like, yeah, just funny that like we know someone who knows like yeah, yeah. friend of like, a friend. And yeah, it's an actual like a personal thing, and not just like oh Alan Rickman, he was diehard, but like actual like. No, it sounds like Alan Rickman was a legitimately cool dude that we know someone who could, like yeah, yeah. actually like buddies with that guy. So. I saw um, fuck uh, like someone at the Universal Studios Harry Potter Land like put a little lily outside of like Snape's potion classroom. Which I heard about like, that. And I was like, oh, that's cute. And I saw the photo, and then I was like, oh man, that actually kind of oh that, yeah that yeah that, uh, yeah. that yeah. kind of hit me a little yeah. bit more than I expected Aww. it to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, Alan Rickman. So, uh, did you see that someone put it uh, in uh, Alan Rickman's name? Put a piece of C four on the top of the Nakatomi <laughs> Plaza building, <laughs> or pushed a dummy with Alan yeah. Rickman's face ah. pasted onto it. Ah! But yeah, no Galaxy Quest, man. Like, also, I mean, Alan Rickman is one of the best parts of that movie. But there are multiple Absolutely. best parts of that movie. Again, me and Dylan watching it, like yeah. the fucking uh, the dad from Veronica Mars is fantastic. Yep. All the aliens are great. Missy Everybody Pyle. Everybody is, is just on, on yeah. fucking fire. And like on Tim, fire. like not Tim Curry. Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Like, the, the, I don't care about Tim Allen. Tim Allen's great in that movie. Yeah, he's, yeah, that's his best performance yeah. ever. It's perfect. 
so good. Sigourney Weaver's great in that thing. Yeah. Like the whole thing. Everybody just nails it. Uh, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. I know. That's the thing that really broke Sam Rockwell out there. Yeah. Just like, hey. Yeah. Like, guy. Yeah. If you guys have not seen Galaxy Quest, you guys need to watch that goddamn Galaxy Quest. It's a fuck on Netflix. Assuming yeah. everyone has Netflix. It's on Netflix. Go it's, check that yeah, shit out. Very accessible. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, anything else this week? Quest right now, yeah. Um. So. Oh yeah. With the the Star Wars stuff getting pushed around, uh, caused a whole bunch of other movies to get canceled or pushed around too. That's the right. Terminator sequel got canceled. Did you see Terminator Genesis? No. That looked terrible. I actually thought it was better than it was gonna be, <laughs> but it was, was still it? bad. But uh, then again, I'm someone who only likes the first Terminator movie. I've never been a fan of any of the sequels, yeah. including the second one. So I'm I'm out of my. Did mind. you see Terminator Salvation? No. Because I saw that and that was not good. Yeah. So I, I was feeling. Like I should go see because that's the only one I haven't seen. Because nah. I saw Terminator Three. I saw, There's like... no point in watching Terminator Salvation. Terminators! It's back when they were trying to make uh, what's his name, Sam Worthington, like into a star. Yeah, that like two year thing. Because like... he was he was in Avatar mm-hmm. and that and the first Clash of the Titans he's remake. Gonna be he's got to be in Avatar too, right? Whenever they finally yeah, get around whenever to they, that, which yeah. they delayed that again. They announced They're this like, week too. Oh, Never mind if Star Wars is coming out. Oh, that's then. right, because yeah, Star Wars got pushed back into this. It was going to be the same month that Avatar 2 is supposed to come out. Yeah. And they were like, eh, it's not coming out yep. then. Yeah. Like, it's delayed indefinitely. Um, uh, also, Baywatch got pushed into Star Wars' new place, which I don't know <laughs> if there's going to be a Baywatch movie. It's going to be starring uh, The Rock. Which, sure. again, just hearing about all the movies that are being shoved around because of Star Wars got messed up. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man got moved up closer to that release date, which sure. I forgot that there was going to be a standalone Spider-Man movie coming out that's next right, summer. Yeah. Um, there was a weird thing too. I just read this uh, right before we started podcasting that they've filmed the Spider-Man stuff for the new Captain America Civil War movie that's coming out this summer. Yeah, but they're not allowed to show any of it in any of the trailers or anything because, like, I guess Sony and Marvel are still working out exactly like how they're oh. gonna like market and merchandise that character. Interesting. So it's not even like they have a special plan. It's just like they haven't like. It's not completely. Yeah, like, the, even the lawyers yellow. haven't quite figured out what they're gonna do with that character in terms of like yeah. Interesting. Um, so that's uh, probably the worst news of 2016 this year. More than anything else is CuteOverload.com called it quits. Oh, no. Which, How to does me, that happen? That was like one of the first things I ever saw on Twitter was yeah. CuteOverload.com because they just show pictures of cats and kids and stuff. Um, I guess Cute Overload was run by a couple who were just like, they, they just came out this week and said, guys, we have too many kids and pets and stuff and we just have to take care of our family. We can't do pet Cute Overload, which granted half the internet is CuteOverload.com yeah. now. So. I bet they could sell that domain or something. I didn't think about that. They probably could if they yeah. just hand it off to somebody for a couple bucks. Yeah. And if they need money to like pay for their kids' diapers. and Yeah. Dogs, pet food, and stuff oh, like that. But, oh, cute overload. Um, and speaking of cute overload, the Keanu trailer. Mm. God damn! Holy shit! I forgot that Key and Peele were making a movie this year. I didn't know that that was happening. Yeah. And like, if if I never even see the movie, exactly, like that trailer yeah. is such a good Key and Peele sketch that. Well, you think that's all you're I watching need. that trailer, and you're assuming that it is just a, like that trailer is a sketch. Yeah. Because that seems like that's something they would would have filmed just for the Key and Peele show. Yeah. And no, for people who haven't seen it, uh, I always forget which one is Key and Peele. The shorter one is super sad. He adopts a cat. Yes. It's essentially John Wick, but instead of uh, a dog, it's a cat. And yeah. The cat gets kidnapped, not yeah, killed. Not killed. Yeah. But it's a little baby kitten gets kidnapped. And so Key and Peele have to go off and save the kitten. 
And it's funny because they're super like white honky black people, so yeah. now they have to pretend to be all ghetto, and it's, yeah. well, that's going to be half the humor of the movie. And actually, I remember I, I read some interviews with them while they were filming last fall, yeah. where they were talking about actually a big part of the movie is supposed to be like, what do you? It's supposed to be about black people who don't feel like they're black enough. Mm. And so like the part of the humor is that these guys yeah. are after going after kids. So there's yeah, supposed to be some kind of, of social show. stuff yeah. too. Yeah. It's like kind of embracing like both halves of being black in America. It's like you don't always have to be gangster. You don't always have to be like you know fit in with like ah all kinds yeah. of stuff like that. So it, it's nice to see there's gonna be a little bit of yeah it basically sounds like a two-hour episode of key and peel that just has like a narrative tying all the sketches together yeah exactly yeah, yeah. So, so fucking cute <laughs> yeah yeah fucking watch the trailer if you haven't seen it already it's got kittens it's, it's got, got key and peel there's a kitten thing with the kids running underfoot while there's a yeah. gun fight it's actually a real kitten it's yeah. like getting bounced around <laughs> it's driving the car and they're like are you okay Keanu? yeah yeah I part of me was like I was terrible because you know they always talk about like the what it was Milo and Otis they went through like yeah. fifteen Milo and Otis's to make oh, that movie no and like how many Keanu's did they have to go through in order to make Keanu I, I, they probably only had a few I'm sure they're very good about exactly. that these days although you, just because it takes a couple months to film a movie and kittens only see, they probably had to at least have a couple Keanu's just because the Keanu's kept on getting older yeah. But I yeah, hopefully none of them got stepped on. Wait. I want to see what, if there's a motion picture Humane Society all clear <laughs> yep, logo at the end we're of that good. movie, uh, or it's just kind of like eh, no they kittens did okay. were harmed <laughs> in the filming of this motion. Only picture. four kittens were harmed in the making of this film. Ugh. Oh my god! Uh, rumors are uh, that came out this week. Uh, Destiny Two got delayed in, indefinitely. Oh, which uh, did you hear anything about this? No. Uh, yes, there was a big company meeting at Bungie this week where um, I mean Destiny Two was never officially. A thing. Uh, a thing. It was just um, before Destiny, the first Destiny game by the creators of uh, Halo Bungie. Um, before that game came oh. out, uh, there was a whole big thing about... <coughs> A ten-year plan. Yeah, ten-year plan that got yeah. leaked because Activision was being sued, and in the court documents, they the, this whole ten-year plan for Destiny came out. And one of the big landmarks was in 20, 2016, there'd be a, a full-fledged on-disc sequel to Destiny. Yeah, and I guess that was their plan all the way up until this week, where the head honchos had a big company-wide meeting at Bungie. Wow. And uh, this is a whole bunch of people. It sounds like this leaked from Bungie that, like, yeah, they came out and said, yeah, Destiny two. They it sounds like there's no roadmap for that game anymore. Hmm. That they're just going to keep on trying to throw out content for the first, for Destiny as it is now. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out what they're going to do in terms of a sequel in the future because, Man. like, Destiny, the whole making of Destiny got so messed up. Yeah. And they're still just trying to, like, justify people buying Destiny 1 now. And I guess it's a little too soon to, like, throw out a whole full fledged sequel. Yeah. And I think part of the problem was, like, they're so busy trying to support the current game as it is, they just don't have enough. So they don't have crazy. enough free hands at the studio to get Destiny 2 done in time for a release this fall and still have it be because the big complaint about the first Destiny game was it was so bare bones yeah. that the sequel has to be a full-fledged game so it sounds like they may be just delaying the years so they can actually make it like the game that Destiny 1 was supposed to be that's but. I yeah I hope it's whatever they end up doing is worthwhile because it's it's a really fun game to play but yeah. like it doesn't seem like what they're they're the way they're supporting it requires like what you imagine the scale of bungees to be like all of their efforts to yeah, keep that's, this thing afloat. And I'm assuming the reason because that's because most of it's probably been working on the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess still not enough resources to get uh, Destiny 2 done. Yeah. Oh, right. we'll see. Man, oh. I feel bad for Bungie because Bungie they made the Halo games and they were good but it seems like they really backed themselves into a corner with this like deal not even only Destiny but signing this deal with Activision where Activision is supposedly whipping them pretty hard to make yeah. sure like they're throwing out new content and and <sighs> just 
you know, monetizing every little thing that everyone does in the game now. Yeah, and... I'm cu- I'm curious if if it would have been easier for them had they just abandoned like the PS3 and Xbox 360 versions. Yeah, that would and have just, been at least some resources it could have freed up. Just yeah, to like, yeah, move forward with the yeah. new generation of consoles. There was something I was also somebody was talking about online this week about how why developers were so bullish on still supporting the PlayStation 4, or uh, the last generation of consoles going into this new one yeah. for as long as they have, because uh, support for previous generations did not last nearly as long in previous generations as this time. Yeah. And there's this whole big report about how it seemed like most of the game makers were, like, most of the publishers, not the game makers, but the, the video game publishers were assuming for whatever reason that consoles were just going to no one was going to be buying consoles this yeah. generation, so they're hedging their bets by still... And it makes sense because the last console generation lasted so long, there's so many of those consoles out there, you don't want to just suddenly stop supporting them. Yeah. But, yeah, the publishers kind of hamstrung themselves for, the, for these first couple of years of this generation, still going on right now, because they're still having their support, uh, their resources to make new games by making sure that every game has to run on a 360 and a PlayStation 3 at the yeah. same time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I... I mean, I, I I don't think they should abandon a huge user base, but like at the same time, you have to at some point move forward, yeah, a bit and justify it, people buying the new consoles, which they have, yeah, especially with like how expensive game development is. It's like yeah. spreading your resources that thin just doesn't seem like a sustainable thing to do. Yeah. I, don't know. I think was it like the most recent Batman game that was so terrible on the PC? Did it, I can't remember if they had a version of that ran then on previous consoles and stuff. But yeah, there's been lots yeah. of technical issues. And stuff. Which is yeah. funny because I I assume too because I kept on hearing like the MPD numbers they keep on coming out makes it sound like this console generation is not moving as quickly as the previous one did. But people actually came out this week. There were numbers that came out said that actually uh, the PlayStation Four and uh, PlayStation uh, PlayStation Four and uh, Xbox One have actually sold forty seven percent more uh, as of right now than than the three sixty and the PlayStation Three did last yeah. time. So it's st- we're still actually they're more popular than the previous consoles. Maybe mm-hmm. not as much as console as as pub- game publishers were hoping they'd be. But yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a weird. I don't know. The game industry is still really kind of in a. It's a weird spot right yeah, now. Definitely. No one's really sure what's going on now. Publishers are wondering, like, oh, maybe we should be, we should be supporting VR and all this stuff. At, after years of talking about, like, well, we need to make all our games 3D. Or yeah. We have to move everything to mobile. And I guess the mobile market's starting to fall apart because everyone's realizing there's only a couple good games on mobile at any given time. <laughs> yeah. Because that's kind of just a big... Yeah. Video so. games, man. Yeah, it's, 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 it's constantly shifting. But there's so many different platforms mm-hmm. now that no one knows exactly which... To bet on black, to bet on red, to bet bet on purple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of a. It's super weird. Well, I crazy. wish I wish everyone the best. Like, video games uh, are still fun. I like yeah, video games for the most part. Fucking NX coming out this year. Okay, uh, TriStar and the Henson Company had the poor taste to announce an attempted sequel to Labyrinth this week. Oof. Uh, uh, Bill assumes. I'm Bill. Uh, I assume that they probably wanted to announce this sooner, but held off for fear it would bring up too many questions about David Bowie's health. Uh, but still, they could have waited for the body to cool a bit longer before spilling the beans about the sequel. Yeah. Because it's been less than two weeks, and yeah. coming out and saying, hey, we're going to make a new Labyrinth. Is... Maybe like, maybe on, wait guys. a year or something. Or something. Yeah. I, I had heard a couple rumors that they were talking about a Labyrinth sequel, but yeah, this is the first time they've actually come out and announced it. And, um... A lot of people reporting this as a reboot of Labyrinth or a remake. Yeah, and I saw a lot of people 
freaking out about that online. Yeah, but being... the writer came out and said, no, she's... She had, she had written something else, too. But she came out and said, it's not a reboot. Hmm. But still, what do you do with Labyrinth? Yeah, is it is it still going to be Jennifer Connelly? Or, yeah. or even her I character? I mean, that's the only or... kind of connective tissue you could really have, because, I mean, the two big things about Labyrinth were David Bowie and Jim Henson. They're both dead, yeah. so, like, who do you even get to make it? Um, the Froud family, George Brian Froud. Lucas is still around. Uh, that's true, too. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> well, yeah, he's free. He's just filmed this in his backyard with a green screen with, like, old Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. Man, actually, if they could bring back Jennifer Connelly, oh, man, it's still... How you doing? She's a very pretty lady. Yeah. She was in that fucking Bible movie just like two years ago. <laughs> the fucking, the one with the boat in the water. No, the yeah, Noah. that Bible one. She's great in that movie, man. Watching that movie, you're like, oh, I love Jennifer Connelly. You're my favorite. And, and what, people just, I, keep, I I did not realize until recently she was only like 14 or 15 when she made Labyrinth. Yeah. Which kind of horrifies me because uh, I'm just like, yeah. hey, uh, da, 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 da. Oh. But yeah, I don't know what their good luck with that because like, I mean, I guess you could say that like, I mean, you, it's, you can't make a Labyrinth sequel without the Labyrinth or Jennifer Connelly. Like, you have to have one thing. There has to be some kind of continuity. You either have to have yeah. Jennifer Connelly, yeah, or you have to have David Bowie, or you have to have the Labyrinth, like that world. So what yeah. you, like even if you just have it take place in the same world, you just have it take place in another part of the, the Labyrinth Kingdom uh, where David Bowie's no longer around for some yeah, reason. Yeah, the Goblin King has been replaced. Yeah, or, or like it's, it's like the Doctor who's him? turned into a new... You, you find whoever's like, you get like fucking... Justin Bieber to play the Goblin King. Yeah, like what who do you... would you get Prince play the Goblin? No, I don't know. Actually, Prince, you know, some probably get Lady Gaga or some shit. Like oh that. yeah, Beyonce actually. Hey, yeah, that would be cool. But it would not be a labyrinth. It would just be a two-hour music video of her with like puppets. Just yeah, like, nah, 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 nah. there's no like B- Bowie was such a unique uh, figure in like yeah pop culture, like global pop culture. That just like there's no one that is in the same league as him yeah. he was a very unique and he personality overshadowed so much everything else going on live but that's why yeah. Like, yeah especially coming out that's news right now it's extra just like that's you said steve martin he's <laughs> <laughs> steve martin with the ukulele that was yeah. like fucking perfect yeah, yeah kirsten shawl is the lady who comes actually you essentially make remake labyrinth but it's steve martin and kirsten shawl beautiful i love it <laughs> anyway it's all sock puppets oh god uh the oscars announced on friday that lifetime membership to the academy is no longer guaranteed and that they're going to try to double the number of women and minority members of the oscars academy by 2020 so what is what is, can they just revoke someone's membership now if that's they what they're feel talking about or so something? i guess so reading this week there's about six thousand members of the oscar academy and in order to become a member of the Oscar Academy, all you need is two other people who are members to vouch for you. Mm. And you, in order, you know, you also have to have worked in the film industry in some capacity to yeah. become a member. And um, but once you became a member, it's a lifetime membership. And as a result of that, uh, people have pointed out, like I think the membership of the Academy is 94 percent male, seventy five percent white. And the median age is 62 years old, <laughs> which explains all this kerfuffle about, like, the fucking Oscars just being like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And so just in with their backs against the wall, they had announced something this week. So they're like, yeah, we're going to review how we do Oscar membership in the future. And, yeah, the first big thing is is they're talking about uh, – they didn't have any specifics, but uh, they, 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 they were going to make in the future that, like, lifetime membership is, yeah, no longer guaranteed. There's going to be some kind of review because hmm. – um, again, because they've never published specific numbers about who's 
in the academy who's not so you can't really do any detailed analysis i know michael bay is because they saw him like they showed a clip of him going into the theater with his academy pass oh really like one year like, but i guess a lot of people talked about there's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of members of this academy who are people who have not been involved in actual making a film in decades mm. and so like you could have just like you could have been like the producer for one failed film in like 1975 yeah. and you're still making you're still casting a vote equal to anyone else's about who is the best actress of the year who was the best special effects or who was the best writer and they're yeah so they're gonna make it so like we need to update this we need to make it so yeah if you haven't done anything if you haven't made any movies in a while you have to like in order to become an, to keep your membership yeah, retain you have, your to, membership, you have yeah. to be an active member of the filmmaking community yeah well, and that makes sense and also they said they're gonna try to like a, a double the number of minorities and women and although by 2020 you think it should be that hard because if it's only 94 percent, if it's only four percent dudes yeah it shouldn't be that hard to double it to eight percent in just a couple of years just higher yeah just induct that much more you know yeah. i don't know it's like, just, here's more ladies by by saying we'll do it by 2020 really makes it sound like well hopefully we'll you'll forget about this in 2020 and it's, we'll just yeah. i don't know the whole, i i just don't give a shit about the oscars that's all. the other thing too that's the other thing it's like fuck the oscars the bigger problem is we need more movies made by yeah minorities and women and yeah. shit, whatever uh, no, no, uh but, i believe like the people making like women and people of color making movies should be just as recognized as anyone all the other the shitty old white men making movies yeah. but like the oscars have been so irrelevant for so long that's like i don't give a you shit you think even the oscars just for their own sake of relevancy yeah would do you think that even aside from the racial pressure and all this shit aside do you think they would have done this decades ago yeah but like, i'm sure part of the thing is like that means the guy that that would cut out like half of the people in them and so i could see why the if, if it's the people inside the academy voting on whether or not they should kick out half the people in the academy yeah i could see why they wouldn't but it would take external pressure yeah on the system and, which is not really really well explained to the outside public how it works yeah, like I have but, no idea who, how it's actually run or anything. Like they exactly, wanted, no one yeah. really does. It's all very kind of they keep it secretive for that reason because it's just like this old boys network. It's yeah, just like yeah. If they wanted, if they wanted me to care, like they would. I don't know. Yeah, make make it a more even playing field and yeah, more transparency. Yeah, more. Yeah, absolutely. Just, ugh. Getting yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Revenant was pretty good though. I did see the Revenant. I still haven't seen that yet. I don't. Yeah. A lot of people, but they were seeing a lot of people over there because it's very male. It's about how white guys are really good at surviving. But yeah. Um, speaking of which, <laughs> I forget her name. I wrote down her name as Dana Duchovny was offered only half of what Sad Cinnamon Bun was offered to star in the new Sex in the new X Files. Julian Anderson. Julian. Why would I call her Dana Duchovny? Because she's Dana Scully. Is that what it is? And okay. David Duchovny plays Mulder. I could not Fox remember his Mulder. name or his character, so I just called him because he looks like a sad for- cinnamon bun. I forgot that his name was Fox. Fox Mulder, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, and it, that's that's awful because... Yeah! I, like, I've seen, I've seen some X-Files in my day. Like, I grew up when it was i was a kid when it was on air there's no space jam though. i know no space jam at all but i would watch it with my grandma it was yeah, fun okay. and then well. like i've revisited it recently um and fucking Mulder, david duchovny is like the least compelling part of that show even back in the day when the show i like i never watched much of it but i always got to see people talking about it and yeah everyone, it was jillian anderson she was the star of that fucking yeah show. Like, not to say that she should get paid more but she's at least the equal no they should be getting 
paid exactly the same even, amount even of money. If, well, if even not, if she was she terrible. Should, yeah. It shouldn't be like a, a meritocracy where, like, well, she, she's yeah. better. But, like, yeah! It's not just it's, the Mulder show. It's, even though, like, maybe his family and shit drives a lot of the narrative. Isn't it that his sister got abducted and that's kind of like the starting thing? His sister got abducted thing. and his dad was involved with part of the whole conspiracy <sighs> bullshit. I don't give a crap. Like, I like seeing them together. Yeah. That's what I care about. It's them together solving weird X-Files. And, yeah, that's... It's, it's absurd that she doesn't get paid as much as and The fact does. that this happened in fucking 2015, when yeah. they started filming this, like... Yeah. I don't know who the producer was, like, what, how the hell that got cleared. Or I'm assuming she did fight... The, the funny thing is, I only heard the news that she got offered half the pay. I'm assuming she fought and, and got equal pay. I hope she did. I hope that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, like, who the fuck... Who is sitting around going like, oh man, can't wait to see what David Duchovny's in next? Whereas like every time Gillian Anderson's been in anything, I I'm a Gillian Anderson fan and I've never really seen the X Files. Yeah, and because like she was great in fucking Hannibal, mm-hmm. she was good. I she showed up as Miss Havisham <laughs> on a BBC production of Great Expectations, and I was horrified to see that just because she's like forty years old, they have yeah, her to be like Miss Havisham. Miss yeah. Havisham was like ninety eight years old, uh. and like I'm like, no, she's way no, you don't do that. But she was great in that role, yeah. but I was still like, fuck you. You, man. Um, and David Duchovny, what's he do? He just kind of sits around and goes, eh, my face looks like tired bubblegum. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. Not to say well, this is suddenly like a fucking David Duchovny hate fest, but man, fucking, it's, that's not the point. The yeah. point is she should be getting paid equal no matter yes, what. Yes, absolutely. Even if she was terrible, even if she was like, but oh my God, why do you even hire her? She's, she's awesome and she deserves just as much money as fucking David fucking Duchovny. Hey. Oh man, which is a shame because I suppose yeah, that first episode tonight is not supposed to be very. Nah, it's okay. No, whatever. I'll I'll fair. watch it. I'm. I've heard that um, the the third episode is really good. Yeah. And I I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I think I have it on my. Yeah, notes. you you were t- we were talking about this before we started recording. You remembered his name and I recognized it because what everyone's been saying that it? he's. He was like Darren Morgan. Did he wrote like Jose Chung's from Outer Space? I, yeah, there's these episodes Jose I've heard that are from Outer really Space. Good. Yeah. Um, what is it? There's there's this really great episode. I'm just gonna look it up right now. <laughs> Sorry, um, but uh, as as Conley and I were like revisiting the X Files, um, over the uh, like it was a couple. Of, it was last year when yeah. we were watching some before we got into our Star Wars marathon. Yeah, I was about to say that kind of ate up most of your yeah. fall. Yeah. Uh, we were watching X-Files and we noticed that there were a few episodes where like, man, that was really good. That was fun and dark. And like, that's prime. Yeah. This show suddenly really upped its game in a noticeable way. You're like, what? Yeah. Yeah, There's just like these few bright moments. And we're like, Oh, they're all written by the same guy. Okay. And it's this guy named Darren Morgan, who I guess he, he played the weird, like leech man creature. (laughs) in that one episode yeah apparently is that how he got the job to become a writer well, like, like maybe he knew he someone up? who was a writer on the show oh, okay and did that and i guess he might have consulted for that episode or something oh that's funny okay. but he wrote um see it's funny because i never heard about that guy because i know there's chris carter the guy who created the show and yeah. Vince gilligan who wanted to go breaking bad but i've never heard about this guy yeah it, and he only wrote i think four episodes total which that's considering how many sheer volume of episodes they put out yeah. like to have those four episodes kind of being like the it like that's yeah like, and they're they are all of like my favorite episodes of the show are they mythology episodes or are they standalone monster they're standalone episodes, episodes. Oh, okay which seems that that would be the easiest to kind of like make into a fun yeah because you're just coming up with like twilight zone premises at that point yeah so um, he I, he was in he was the fluke man 
a mutated fluke worm the size of a human being in the host or something. I, need to, I got the box set sitting right there. I need to, actually this week I'll probably end up starting. Oh, and he that worked shit. with his his brother Christ. in developing the story for the next episode called Blood, which I don't remember that one. At okay, all. yeah, Who but was that good. His brother got involved, fucked it up. He was the writer on the episode Humbug, which is um, it's like a murder mystery that takes place in a trailer park that is uh all inhabited by all like sideshow freaks oh jesus yeah okay and so that's like a really fun and kind of weird episode <laughs> i can see why people love this fucking show like yeah. all i've ever heard about the show is it's always about the like the moldy molder scully slash fic and no, stuff but I don't like care it's, about any of that. it's good to see that there's actual like entertaining yeah and he did the the material. jose chungs from outer space i have no idea what that is other than it's the title yeah, yeah. and then he did the episode i've heard you talk about for um the, oh, uh, he wrote that war, bug episode? War of the Korophages with all the cockroaches. Yeah, he wrote that? He wrote that oh, one. Oh, okay, then he's my favorite X-Files <laughs> Yeah, he wrote that yeah. one episode that you saw. <laughs> and then he wrote this really, really good episode that's called oh, yeah. uh, Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose, huh. which uh, stars Peter Boyle. And oh, really? Yeah, I love Peter Boyle. Yeah, and they yeah both... he was young Frankenstein. Yeah. He was Joe in an old, terrible, racist movie called yeah. Joe. God. Uh but he, movie's not racist. He's a racist yeah. character in that. Yeah. But Peter Boyle and uh, Darren Darren Morgan both won Emmys for that episode. Oh, okay. And he plays this like older man who's kind of depressed, um, and has legitimate like psychic powers. But there is the serial killer out there who is going out and killing people who are claiming to be psychics. Yeah. Because I think he feels like he draws power off of it or okay. something. But. Uh, anyways, it's a really good episode. All of those episodes, Humbug, uh, the other ones that we mentioned, um, are all written by Darren Morgan. They're all fantastic. Huh. Uh, so I'm glad that they brought him back for this new short season. And I've heard that episode three is where it actually starts getting good, and that's the one that he wrote for this. Hopefully, so. well, even if he just wrote one episode, that's good. But hopefully, yeah. like, even if they bring him back for another season, hopefully he comes back in yeah. season two or something. I guess he went on to do some stuff on that other Chris Carter show, Millennium. Oh, okay. Uh, and... Yeah, I'm surprised I've never heard that name before. For someone who wrote, like, all the best episodes of one of, like, people's favorite TV shows ever. You know? Yeah, no, he... Okay. All of All of my favorite episodes of X-Files, he's responsible for. Okay. So, uh... Huh. I, it looks like he did some work on Fringe and some other Did you shows. even watch much Fringe? No, I never I got into it. I watched the first season and it seemed pretty good. It's yeah. a bad robot GG Abrams production, but Yeah, I had friends who were who were super into it. Um and it's like a it's kind of an X Files sort of thing. Yeah. In fact I've heard some people who have seen the first episode tonight have say their reaction to it was, Oh, this was good, but this for some whatever reason makes me want to go back and rewatch Fringe again. Hmm. So I don't know if there's some kind of plot element or maybe some kind of the vibe or something like that. Because like that. Yeah. Fringe I watched the first season of Fringe and nothing really happened in that first season other than just like weird it's kind of like doppelganger extra multiverse kind of stuff, but nothing that like I, yeah. I even now explaining to you all I remember is a bunch of scientists, weird shit, FBI stuff. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like ex- sounds about as much extreme X Files yeah. or something. I don't um, know. The French wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, uh, going off from the X Files, uh, the all fat <laughs> the all female Japanese review. Uh, Takarazuka will be performing the uh, musical Chicago in New York City this summer. Cool. Um, which I I didn't realize. 
So a couple years ago, someone had produced an all-female version of live-action... Was it a live-action movie of Ace Attorney? I think... The video? Uh, I don't know if they made Phoenix a movie Wright? of it, but it was definitely... They did it on stage, but yeah. Was, or something. I can't remember... Because I think there was a movie... And yeah, maybe the movie was just played straight, but I think there was a stage production that was all-female. Yeah. And I guess this is that... That that review. Same troop. Or it's whatever. the same troop. Yeah. And I didn't realize looking up on Wikipedia, uh, Takara uh, Takarazuka, this is a female troop that's been around for a hundred years. Oh wow. Which that's man, cool. those women look really good for me. I don't know. Like ninety years. <laughs> no, but um, yeah. So I guess this is a big like theater thing in Japan. Is like all female, hmm. and I guess their their uh, audiences are always like ninety eight percent female too. Yeah. In, like, Japan, everyone's like. We don't know why all these women love it, but we just do it because it makes lots of money. But, like, yeah, the Wikipedia entry has a great, like, breakdown of, like, the two reasons why women love Takarazuka <laughs> is because, one, it's just because lesbian eroticism, and the other one is just because, like, female empowerment. It's yeah. great to see women being treated like and respected like males, yeah. you know, for once. And uh, so it's funny, like, you know, which, nah, that's kind of an obvious thing, but it's funny, this Wikipedia entry just dryly kind of saying, um, but yeah, so they're just going to be doing a production in Chicago, which I thought that just, that's I cool. saw a couple stills and look kind of That's cool, neat that they're doing it in New York, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's a fan of Chicago, the musical, or anything like I, that. But... I am not, I haven't seen it yeah. in any form. You get a lot of hot Japanese ladies in, in, in fucking three-piece suits and Tommy guns. That's not a bad that, thing. That yeah. sounds like a pretty good time. Yeah, I'd go see it. Oh, yeah. I, tw- I retweeted that on Twitter and everyone's like, oh my god! A lot more people know about Takarazuka than I do, but that's, that's cool. Yeah, I'm glad they're coming in the United States. Man, I want to see them do Mary Poppins. There's so many, like, <laughs> gender-bending... Yeah. Oh, anyway. Um, Doctor Who news! The guy who's in charge of Doctor Who now, Stephen Moffat, he's leaving the series after next year, and he's being replaced by the guy who created the show Broadchurch. Hmm... You don't care about Doctor I Who. I do not care about... I, for it some... is weird, because usually when you walk in a room, that's the first thing you say. Yeah, I even don't give no a one... shit about Doctor <laughs> Who. Guys, I have to preface this shit. Fuck Doctor Who. Yeah, How I'm Jimmy Pressler. Fuck I'm Doctor Who. No, I don't I don't hate <laughs> Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, uh, absolutely not. Yeah, but... you're, you're, you're a rare person who has not at least seen that much Doctor Who. Yeah, I like completely... Because most people I talk to, they're like, I saw some Doctor Who, fuck Doctor Who. Whereas you're just like, I don't know, I'm Doctor uh, Who, whatever, yeah, whatever. Like, I... I missed it completely when I was a kid. I never even heard Which of it. Which that was easy to do because it was extinct for like 15 yeah. years. Yeah. I didn't even hear of it until they started airing, what was it, the Christopher Eccleston? Yeah, he's the first Doctor that yeah, came back. Yeah, they started yeah. airing that on the Sci-Fi Channel. Okay. Um, and I was like, what is this weird Doctor Who Fuck thing? This shit. looks really cheesy and dumb. And it did look dumb as hell, yeah. yeah. It looked, yeah. And then like a couple of years later, like, it was blowing up. Like everybody was just like losing their minds over David Tennant. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. It's another part of geek fandom. But yeah. yeah. And I, I watched, I think one of the specials or something like that. Something about like yeah. water on Mars. Oh, you watched not very good. One. Yeah. That's like yeah, that. Okay. And also there was a bus in a desert. I don't know. That was one of David Tennant's last episodes. And they blew like the whole budget on just like, Hey, let's ship everything to Abu Dhabi. And, yeah. 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 Boy. So I saw that. <laughs> wow, and... that was a terrible introduction to Doctor Who, but yeah. So most Aww. most of my experience with Doctor Who is like people suddenly freaking out about Doctor Who around me, <laughs> okay. and then and then like it's like people getting people contracting slowly disease. Getting, yeah. Like oh my god, what happened? Like, yeah, like what's going on? And yeah. then everyone getting less excited about Doctor <laughs> oh, Who. Oh wow, that's not. Good. They're like, oh man, like oh, we all bad. had we were all into this Matt Smith guy for a while, but 
this isn't so great and now it's an old guy and no one seems to care anymore you have totally charted the path yeah that's yeah. you all you know everything you really need to know about doctor not that anyone needs to know anything about doctor who yeah. but you've got you've got the zeitgeist you got it right there all right you're not wrong and that is exactly what happened hence why there's being a new guy being brought in charge because no one cares about the new old guy yeah um they haven't announced if the new old guy is leaving hmm. but uh the, uh the the new guy who's being uh put in charge of the show he doesn't start for another two years so the the guy who's currently in charge that whose stuff a lot of people don't like he's still gonna stick around for one last season next year and Moffat did he was like the guy who brought Sherlock back again or whatever Moffat's whole thing was he when when they first brought back Doctor Who with Christopher Eccleston and then with David Tennant uh, he was just writing a couple occasional scripts for Doctor Who okay he was essentially to Doctor Who when it first came back to the Darren guy we were just talking about the X-Files where um, his episodes Stephen Moffat's Doctor Who episodes were known to be the best episodes Hmm. And so when the guy who brought back Doctor Who quit, of course, it was obviously like, let's get the... It's essentially if you brought back the X-Files and say, hey, let's and get Darren Morgan in charge. In charge yeah. uh, the only problem was the Stephen Moffat guy, not only was he like writing for Doctor Who, he had just started up... He brought back Sherlock. He mm. created, you know, he hired... Bernard, he was in charge and writing all the episodes for the new Sherlock gotcha. show. And so it was one of those things where he loved Doctor Who, too, and he didn't want to say no to Doctor Who while he was doing uh, Sherlock, so he decided to do both at the same time. And it seems that most people agree that... Doctor Who did not benefit from his attention being split because suddenly the quality of scripts were nowhere near as good as they were when he was spending all this. He he was just like, could focus on Doctor Who by himself, just writing one or two scripts a year. Whereas now he was writing half of the episodes per season in charge of the show while also writing all the episodes and being in charge of Sherlock at the same time. And, uh, yeah, and also not only that, but even kept, like, his writing kept on getting worse and more repetitive. And he had a character named River Song showed up who drove everyone crazy because she was terribly written. about her. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So this he, this guy responsible for all that stuff, yeah, he's leaving. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, it's uh, he's been replaced by a guy named, I think his name is Chris Chibnail. Um, this guy, yeah, there's a David Tennant. <laughs> the first thing that David Tennant did after leaving Doctor Who was he starred in a murder mystery called Broadchurch in the UK. And so the guy created that charge. Okay. Now he's being put in charge of Doctor Who, so everyone's making the joke like, oh, just bring back David Tennant too. It'd just be like, brr, brr, brr. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's, 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 yeah, you know everything you need to, when well, right. you work at a comic book for the place yeah. and you're friends with nerds, so I, it makes yeah. sense just by osmosis, you'd get all the Doctor Who news you it's need. It's all come through, yeah, osmosis basically, so, yep. Yeah, even yeah. more now that you're stuck here with so, me. So, yay for yay. Doctor Who fans? Yeah, gives a fuck? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the last bit of news, Planet X. What? Uh, evidence is mounting that there's a ninth Neptune-sized planet, about ten times the size of the Earth, lurking in the outer rim of the solar system. I just wanted to say that because I could say outer rim of our solar yeah. system. Yeah. Uh, and that this uh, mystery planet seems to be orbiting the sun about once every 15,000 years. Jeez. Uh, this is something I s- they were talking about. There was um, a mathematician 100 years ago, or maybe it was the guy who, who discovered Pluto, was suspecting that not just because Pluto's... The reason it's no longer considered a planet is because it's a very small, it's a even for a planet. Toy yeah, it's a planet toy. It's okay. really like a. It's it's an asteroid with the mumps. Yeah. And this guy, like I guess a hundred years ago, was saying like, there's according to my math and how all these planets move and everything, like there should be something bigger out there. But yeah. then they found Pluto, and so everyone was like, well, maybe that's what's causing whatever's going out in the, the far edge of the solar system. And of course, people realized that that's not only was that not Pluto, mm-hmm. but that it got denigrated and it's no longer a planet. And I think the people who pushed for 
Pluto no longer being designated a planet have now come out and said they're pretty sure that's like there's been no photographic proof, but like they've been doing more yeah. essentially crunching the numbers more. And it really makes it sound like there has to be something out there. I feel like I, I remember hearing about a planet X, like in like when I was in middle school. Like, yeah, like, so pre- this is like, something that's think always there might be a planet beyond Pluto, too. Which is weird because this new came out because there's no nothing specific happened. It's not like suddenly, like fucking Voyager 1 suddenly shot like oh my god we have crazy photos of this yeah. green planet with like a face drawn on it or anything <laughs> like nothing really happened yeah other than like I guess they did you know, some more numbers crunching and they're like there's gotta be it's gotta be and some not more just not, dots are connecting them yeah, yeah and not just like a little tiny planet but like a big like 10 times the size of Earth like this is, a, this is one of the biggest bodies in the whole solar system interesting and but we've never seen it before because like we could never so I don't know what they're gonna do with this information but I, there's a planet X in the solar system it's bizarre that you we have these like incredible telescopes that can see uh-huh yeah into, this like, is the weird thing so far that like we wouldn't be able to have ever taken, noticed this before we've taken photos of like the other side of the galaxy yeah but it's it's like being able to take photos of the other side of town but you have no idea there's a guy standing literally like six inches away from in front of your face yeah just because you know you just didn't, you didn't the, move you know, the camera yeah, exactly. like far enough so or yeah that's kind of weird which granted space is so big it kind of makes sense when you really think about the vastness of space yeah but still yeah, yeah. and you think with all the like the flybys camera flybys of stuff you'd think somebody yeah would have something is is it i wonder if it's that they just don't they can't quite figure out like where it is in its orbit or something. Yeah, so they it, don't it sounds know where like to put. They said this is far beyond even what Pluto was, so it's so far distant out there. Hmm. So even though it's so big, it's they don't know what they're really looking for, yeah. other than the mathematical how there's some kind of body out there affecting all this stuff around it. Yeah, but yeah, essentially it's a mathematical black hole. Something's got to be out there. Interesting, but yeah, I wonder what they're gonna name it. Yeah. Assuming you know it's actually real and everything like They'll that. Name it. I don't know. I guess they are obligated to name it like a Roman god. It's got to be fucking Flautus or something. something. You can't just name it like, you know, Disney's going to get on it. They're going to name it Jakku or something's oh, going to happen. It'll be, it's named after uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Let's call it Tyson. Actually, that would be a bad name for a planet, <laughs> yeah. actually. Yeah. Oh, man, that'll be, instead of reparations to black people, we just named this new planet after a black scientist. Like, okay, we're living in a post-racial galaxy. Planet Tyson. Planet Tyson. I thought Planet Tyson would be great. That sounds pretty cool. And then the fucking chicken company gets on there. Like, oh, yeah, no. it's no, no. I take <laughs> it all back. It becomes this. That it becomes the Space Jam of planets, where it just becomes the crass marketing opportunity. <laughs> it's, it's the or no, that's Foster Farms. This thing is the puppet chickens, but whatever. Yeah, no, it's more on a mountain out there. We're gonna turn out. It's actually that's the new planet is where more on mountain all the Space Jam shits from. Yep. Yeah. They predicted it. The we weren't paying attention to the monsters. It's fucking Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, the big blue guy who's all nice and not nice, but he's like, hey, man, I'm kind of not the totally evil one. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. It's so slow. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, that was this week's... There Boy, howdy. I almost forgot the name of my own podcast for half you a second. You got two now. It's a lot to keep track of. I know. God, in this small brain, I don't have a lot of rammed cash in this head right now. So and, uh, yeah, it was a great chance to just talk about fucking Star Wars for most yeah. of it again. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> well, been on my brain a lot. Yeah. yeah, Star Wars is good. Yeah. Star everything's good. good. Everything's, Stuff is good. Everything's pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, it's a good time to be a person who needs distraction from things that actually matter in real life. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, we won't talk so, about that other stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so where can people reach you uh, if they're so inclined? You can find me on Twitter. Jimmy at, Pressler. Yeah, at Jimmy PGD. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, and I will be getting my design portfolio just because I... 
it's not that I'm like yeah, because you're a graphic designer for Dark Horse. Yeah, and like I've 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 done a lot of stuff over the three years that I've been there, but I haven't really put any of it out there. So I'm like, well, I guess I should actually do that That's so people can sense, yeah. see not what that you're I do. Not looking for work or anything like that. No. But just to say, hey, exactly, you've done this work. So you might as well show it off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, all that I'm work you put about... in the He-Man book. Yeah, I'm I'm just generally not very good at self promotion, so but yeah, I'm gonna try and be better about it. Yeah. So. Okay. Next time, maybe I'll have a website to shout out at people. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the totally. Whoa, my stomach is freaking what out. What the fuck? <laughs> that was that was probably my, my. I don't know. I hope the microphone picked that up. Because usually that's me, <laughs> and I thought maybe <laughs> my stomach is throwing its voice for a second. <laughs> no. Wow. Okay. I think that was my breakfast hash and coffee just kind of settling there. Well, get you out of here. If suddenly uh, you have to run to the no, bathroom. No, it's not Holy anything shit, like okay. that. I'm just getting a little vocal for some oh, reason. Okay. Well, that's Anyways. Fine. Anyway. Thanks for having me, now Bill. Now that your stomach's at the last word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks for sitting in, uh, Jimmy. We'll be back next week. Uh, if you want to send us an email, send it to uh, Annie's not here, who remembers all this stuff. Uh, if you just howdy type... at boy howdy podcast. Is that what com? it is? You know I think I that's do. what it is. Oh my god! Uh, or if you just go to Gmail and type in Annie and Bill, maybe that'll just automatically send it. I don't I know about that. I don't think I don't that'll know. work. Well, uh, or just tweet at us at at the boy howdy podcast. I think that's our Twitter handle. Wow, you get in touch with us. We love you too. We'll get back in touch with you guys too. Okay, uh, so I will uh, leave you guys alone, and we'll be—I'll uh, be back next week. Jim will probably be sleeping in next Sunday. Probably. But yeah, thanks again for showing up, Jim. Of course, anytime. And yeah, okay, we'll be talking to you guys later. And take care. Bye. It ain't believing that's a grieving me, but my darling, who's bound to stay behind?